Okay, Larry, it's time for the theme song. If you like to talk to tomatoes, yeah. if a squash can make you smile, if you like to waltz with potatoes, up and down the produce aisle. Have we got a show for you? Broccoli, celery, gotta be veggie tails. Llama beans, collard greens, peachy king, veggie tails. Cauliflower, sweet and sour. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Where's Pod When I'm Scared, a show where we talk to tomatoes. Uh, and I'm Ashley, and that's Luke. Yeah, that's me right here. Mm-hmm. That's you in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't <laughs> talking about vegetable religion <laughs> yeah there you go i've got a cucumber that i'm eating oh shit i am i'm just corn dog <laughs> yeah i'm a well-known liker of just eating a whole cucumber and i figured mm-hmm. what better time to do that than now yes we've been threatening to do <laughs> a podcast about veggie tales for about a month now Mm-hmm. And um, and it came to us really in a moment of like just horrifying. Just it came from like a lightning on high. <laughs> I I went to Washington uh, yes. for a video gaming convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while we were there, uh, you and me and our friends went. We went to Jimith and John's. <laughs> we went to Jimith and John stars. <laughs> I'm choking on this cucumber. <laughs> Larry's trying to kill me. Fuck. Um, to eat some sandwiches because we were hungry because yeah. it was lunchtime. <laughs> really just want to lay the foundation here. Yes. Um, how did this topic initially come up there while we were sitting in that booth? I think it might have just been as simple as me going, hey, Luke, do you remember... <laughs> Yeah, uh, specifically the episode of Veggie Tales, where they get burned alive, but not actually. Yes, you did. Which was an episode of Veggie Tales. I think it's episode three, so it's coming up soon. Um, that I had been thinking about a lot recently for other reasons. Uh, <laughs> so I just felt an immediate moment of kinship with you, my friend. Yes, when you brought it up. We both started kind of animatedly discussing that strange thing. It just VeggieTales in general. And then it's experiment to VeggieTales in general. And then at some point there was like a split second lull in that conversation. And we both just made eye contact and our <laughs> eyes widened and all of our friends groaned at us because they understood <laughs> what was happening. Yes, no words were needed. Right. Because we both realized in that moment we needed to do a podcast about VeggieTales. Yes, and I uh, realized that, you know, with, uh, let me talk about Evangelion ending for mm-hmm. now. That's true. Uh, that we needed something that really more examined the religious elements of that. <laughs> right, yes. Evangelion technically uses some Christian and Jewish imagery in it, and that's our excuse for not bothering to set up a new podcast feed. Yeah, baby! <laughs> <laughs> This was kind of airing concurrently with Evangelion, at least part of it. That's weird to think about. <laughs> yeah, well, I say airing, but, like, it was on TV at times, but it was mainly a direct-to-video <laughs> series. Uh, why don't we... St- I'm curious, you tell me your history with VeggieTales. 
So, uh, and I guess your history with God. <laughs> because that's going to be relevant to these conversations. Yeah, I think like that should be something that is like mentioned right up ahead. We should probably establish some baselines here vis-a-vis our respective beliefs. And, yes. you know, some guidelines, because we don't want to... Listen, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the vegetable tales. Yes. And that inevitably is going to mean talking about the religious concepts and Bible stories that they use uh and i i am of the opinion that we can have a fun time doing that we can make jokes obviously we don't want to i was gonna say we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings there are some people whose feelings i don't Mm. mind hurting yes but like you know we don't want to just shit on religion yeah for the sake of shitting on religion that is something that I am not interested at as the way, like, of, like, of humor. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not, I, I mean, I, I was saying we'll start with you, but, like, just, I'm a religious person, you know? Like, so I'm especially not interested in doing that, because I don't want to shit on myself. Yes. Um, but that doesn't mean that we have to completely treat this subject entirely with kid gloves, I don't think. No, because there's weird stuff that goes on in the show. There's weird stuff. Oh, this first episode has got a lot to go over. But, yes. Like, and not even just the, like, religious aspects of this. Although th- there are some of those that are weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but just, it's a weird show in general. There's, it's weird in just about every way it could be weird. Yes. <clears throat> but, yeah, so, like, what is, like, your religious history, you don't gotta get super deep, that that can obviously no. obviously be a very emotional topic, and we don't need to get super heavy right out of the gate here, but just kind of an no. overview. And how VeggieTales fits into your walk with Christ. <laughs> yes. Uh, God. We're really doing this, huh? Yeah, it's we're five minutes in, it's too late for regrets. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, no, it's never too late for regrets. Yeah, I guess regrets... It's actually just in time for regress to start setting in. You have to have those after yeah. the fact. Uh, so I never went to church really as a child. Okay. Or like as a teenager or really at any point in the, uh, as I was being brought up. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father raised very religiously, uh, but was not practicing by the time I was born. Okay, okay. Uh, my mother... Uh, also raised, uh, raised religiously, but kind of less so, uh, still practicing, uh, when I was born and still mostly to this time, to this point in time. Okay. Uh, when I went to, uh, Ohio every summer or so to go visit my grandparents, uh, my grandparents on my father's side are, were a minister and like a helper out at the church. Okay. So I would often go to church, you know, just because that's what they were doing, and I was staying with them. Uh, and uh, so that's where a lot of my like church experience came from. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I personally do not believe in God, or at least, like, I don't know. <laughs> sure. Like, yeah, I, would you describe yourself as agnostic? Probably as agnostic then. Okay. Uh, like, I don't find myself praying or... Sure. 
anything like that, but uh, I also don't want to, like, tell anyone, like, religious belief, whether they be Christian, Judaism. Sure. You know, that uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, like, I, that, that, like, oh, no, you're wrong. Right, right. That's just not my place to say any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I was there, uh, it was not a lot we could watch in the house. Cause, so I would usually, like, stay up there for, like, a couple of weeks, like a month or so, uh, usually by myself. Mm-hmm. And when I got, like, to the point where I could fly up without parental supervision... It was kind of like a camp almost, <laughs> mm-hmm. like a summer camp, but it's just your my parents put me on my grandparents. <laughs> right. Uh, and so we kind of watched like a lot of old kids' movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of that, like what I ended up watching was VeggieTales because okay. that, it was religious. Right. Uh, it was a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was at the blo- local blockbuster. Uh-huh. That was, like, just down the block. I see. Uh, and so I would get some money, go get, uh, you know, some veggie tails, and I would sleep in their basement for a bit of time. Sure, yeah, <laughs> for yeah. For a couple of years, uh, which, it wasn't, like, a nice basement like some people have. It was, like, yeah. I'm sleeping kind of next to the you know, washer and dryer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but they set up a TV in there. <laughs> oh, what more could you want? <laughs> really? Yeah. You have uh, a way to watch VeggieTales. Yeah. And so, like, the the funny thing is me being such, like, a goody two-shoes as a kid, uh-huh. I would... They would send me with some money. I would go uh, to the gas station where I'd get a milkshake. Okay. Because uh, the gas station also was a uh, ice cream store. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, UDF, shout out. I just actually <laughs> had one of those earlier this week because oh, I was nice. in Ohio. Yeah. They, they make good fucking milkshakes. Uh, and then I would, like, walk across the street, get something from Blockbuster, and then go back. Okay. And probably I could just rent anything that, like, a kid could rent. Yeah, it sounds like, like they know, weren't no- keeping that close of an eye on you. But I was like, well, they said I couldn't watch this, so. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was very much the same way. Yeah. Uh, but so I, I would watch a lot of VeggieTales and then like go to church that Sunday and go like, oh yeah, they, they said that in that one uh, VeggieTales episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but they'd usually be more details at church. Yeah, yeah. And they were humans instead of vegetables. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that like eventually I just kind of stopped going to Ohio and stopped going to church mm-hmm. and stopped watching Veggie Tales. Oh, very early remember I have of church. This was on Ohio, actually. This was in Florida. We decided to go to a, Flo- uh, a s- Christmas mass. Uh-huh. And it was very weird. <laughs> All right. Yeah, because when you say mass, with like, what denomination are we talking about here? So, I am an idiot about those kind That's of things. That's entirely fair. Yes. How fancy and gothic was the church? It was a pretty fancy church. Okay. So, that's probably... I, I, that could be a lot of different denominations. Probably wasn't, like, 
evangelist, which is how I was raised. No. Uh, which, an evangelist church kind of generally just looks like a rec center with some pews and a, like, podium for the preacher to talk at. So that's more what my, like, grandparents did. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, but also I don't know how much of that what is just, uh, like, actual, like, it, that's just what the building they had. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, also, I'm a dipshit that doesn't know words. The word I was trying to find was Baptist, and I said evangelist by mistake. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to get yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. I'm sure there are Baptist churches that aren't like what I just described, but that was the ones yes. I went to. Yes. Um, I was also going to just quickly add, they did have a bell tower, and I once, like, they're like, oh, you know, do you want to ring the bell? And I'm like, mm. yeah. And I pulled the bell, and I just heard, <laughs> and the bell had broken. Oh, no. <laughs> I had pulled too hard. Oh, no. Well, that's no good. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah. So, I my both of my parents are very religious. Yes. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, go sorry. No, no, go ahead. I didn't. I didn't finish the Florida story. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to. to yeah, go ahead. So, the first half of it was like the commercialization of Christmas, very much. And it was like you know Santa, and like it was like a little play about Santa. Ah. Uh-huh. And it ended up, I distinctly remember, with, like, a lot of, like, pop culture characters okay. on stage uh-huh. and, like, going down the aisles, including Darth Vader. <laughs> I distinctly remember that. Okay. Because then, in the second part, it was, like, a kind of play about Jesus. Uh-huh. You know, his life and, you know, all of that. Yeah. And it did, at one point, have a guy, a very bloody guy, carrying the cross to the stage through the aisle and I was like on an aisle seat I'm just like Ooh. yeah huh. yeah uh but okay yep yeah, that that is oh okay sorry I didn't yeah. want to cut you off again <laughs> mm-hmm. through the magic of editing that'll seem like a seamless transition <laughs> yeah um so yeah both of my parents are very religious they have been mm-hmm. my whole life um I think my mom kind of was raised that way, uh, but I think she was also raised more like you go to church every Sunday because that's what you do, and I don't know how much, I, I don't really want to, I, I don't know how much she like really took that stuff to heart so much as it was just like, yeah, that's what you do. You, Sunday morning, you put on your nice clothes, you go to church. Um, my dad was not part of a religious household. He converted as like a young adult he read a book by um oh i'm blanking on his name he was a guy in like the 80s that like wrote a lot about like the end times and how like oh look at how how much stuff that's happening these days that is actually predicted in the bible Mm -hmm. and that convinced him and Mm -hmm. he converted to christianity Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was all before i was born um Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, is it Darby? Is that the guy whose name I'm thinking of? One second. Now it's going to bother me. <laughs> uh, John Nelson Darby. 
this might be one thing. You know, John Nelson Darby. He's a guy like that. I don't know if that's the right guy that I'm thinking of. Anyway, it's <laughs> not important. Uh, so yeah, I was going to church at a very young age. Pro- I mean, I don't remember going as a baby, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and I remember going to like you know, day like you know church daycare stuff. Well, they went to Bible study stuff. I went to uh, religious schools until like second grade. Um. When we, like, moved and there was a religious school near us and I got bullied very badly until I... So I got moved to a public school and it was much better. Mm. I... (laughs) I... The principal knew I was being bullied really badly in my third grade class. uh, Because I was a year younger than everyone else because I skipped a grade because I'm a little smart shithead. And she asked me, like, why don't you ever, like fight back against the kids that, like, are mean to you. And I told her that, well, Jesus says you're supposed to turn the other cheek when someone hits you. And I, you know, just, you know, if YouTube had only been around for tiny child destroys Christian principle, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Principal retired. (laughs) Yeah, I, you know... (laughs) But um, before all that, even, I was real young, and we were at a Christian bookstore, and I don't know if this was, like, attached to our church. I was, I'm was i too young to, like, have that kind of sense of geography. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just remember being in this Christian bookstore and being very bored because it's got a bunch of books for adults and, like, ceramic knickknacks that I'm not allowed to touch. Yeah. But there's, like, one corner of the bookstore with, like, videotapes and one shelf on it that is VeggieTales. And I'm like, whoa, oh, cartoons. I love those. Yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like is exactly, I'm playing right into Phil Fisher's hands at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember which one I wanted to get because I thought it looked cool or it was like a version of a Bible story I liked or something. But mom, my mom was like, well, no, don't you want this one? Where's God when you're so scared? Uh, because, like, well, I mean, do you know where God, where's God when you're scared? And I'm like, well, like everywhere because that's where he always is. And she's like, yeah, we should get this one for you, I think. So we got this one that we're watching today, yeah. which was episode one. And as a completionist these days, you know, retrospe- retroactively, I appreciate it. <laughs> I wouldn't have understood the future episodes if I didn't have the context established by this deep one. Lore. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, we got this and I watched it and I loved it. It was great. We got the other ones uh, pretty soon after that. Um, we got, like, my extended family into it, uh, my friend at school, we got into it, it was, it just became, like, a thing, and I loved them for years, around the time I turned, like, eight or nine, I don't really, I think part of it was just we had moved, and we didn't have, like, regular access to, uh, a Christian bookstore anymore, so yeah. that probably affected me not getting them as much. Um, but there was also... At some point, I picked up like the perception that this was a show for tiny babies, and I had grown out of it. I didn't have <laughs> any uh, like spiritual conflicts with VeggieTales. I just decided, no, this is for tiny children. I don't need this anymore. <laughs> I'm a big boy. <laughs> um, which was around when... like like I-, I remember kind of forgetting about it for a couple years, and then just hearing, wait, they're making a VeggieTales movie? What? That's weird. And then just kind of never thinking about VeggieTales again after that. Mm-hmm. 
I I'd say I would I still would every so often like man Veggie Tales was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, in recent years, I've started to think about it a little bit more again. As I said, I was thinking a lot about the, the episode about the fiery furnace. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, a lot of things on the internet where people just, you know, someone will tweet, hey, remember VeggieTales? That was weird. Well, so here's the thing and, for me. I got the... I, I think I had the idea this was, like, a weird niche thing that, like, I we we just stumbled upon at this Christian bookstore and got some of our friends and family into, I never really understood that it was kind of, like, a minor cultural a phenomenon. Deal. Yeah. Like, a lot of people have, like, we've said we're doing this podcast, and people respond like, wow, you what, VeggieTales, right, yeah, I remember that. And I've been kind of surprised to learn that it was as big a thing as it was. And not even people who are specifically Christian. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it's probably, I, I assume it's, like, your religious relatives get you one of these videos for Christmas every year or something, you know? Yeah. Um, Like, even when you're, like, 15 and, like, no, this isn't... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, I would say that as far as, like, me spiritually goes, there has never been a point in my life where I have not identified as a Christian. I think mm-hmm. my relationship to that word and the the beliefs that go with it have changed a lot over time mm-hmm. and uh you know i th- at this point even though i'm ostensibly the same religion as my parents i think we have a lot of very fundamental differences in yes. ideas of what that means yeah um and yeah, it's it's a weird thing because um I feel pretty confident in my beliefs, but I also tend to feel kind of uncomfortable talking about them openly because of there's a lot of cultural baggage <laughs> that yeah. comes with identifying as a Christian that I don't want to be associated with or I don't want people making assumptions about what I believe based on that label. Mm-hmm. Like, that is something that kind of, unfortunately, like, has come about where it's like, oh, yeah, like, this, there's so many people who have such, like, loud voices and such, uh, like, huge impact. Yeah, definitely. Who also probably proclaim themselves as Christian and use this religion to hurt people in specific ways. Absolutely. Uh, that it can feel, I'm sure, like you are... Uh, like, doing some shit that... Like, 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 by bringing this up that you remind people of the hurt that they are going through from these other people. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Which I don't see as true, but I also get people who might be like, mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, it, it can be frustrating because, in my opinion, that kind of person is doing Christianity wrong. Mm-hmm. In their opinion, I am. And yeah. there isn't much, you know, we're both drawing our conclusions from the same body of, you know, work. So yes. it's it's difficult to... 
really say authoritatively, other than like, like it's difficult to say authoritatively that well, my way is right. Um, other than appealing to ideas of ethics and morality that are outside of Christian thinking, and therefore, like you know, it. I, it it can be easy for someone like that to accuse me of like, well, you just want to have like generic humanist principles, and you're retrofitting our religion to suit them, you know? Yeah. And I disagree, but you yeah. know, I I've had atheists tell me that like, no, if you say you're a Christian, that means you believe all the shit that like the worst Christians do. Like that's what Christianity is. Sorry, you don't get to decide what it is. The majority of Christians are like this, so tough shit. I'm like, okay, mm. well. Yeah, I love uh, we've. I feel like we've come around on this, but there was a period uh-huh. there where the idea of like, like especially on the internet, like there was a brand of atheism that was so like shitty, but also mm-hmm. refused to acknowledge that it was shitty. Yes, and it was like, no, 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 you just think I'm shitty because I'm a, a, a truth bringer, shining the light in the darkness of your ignorance. Yeah, and like that was. I, I knew a lot of people like that personally and yeah. online, mm-hmm. and that was, like, kind of my first, like, as, as someone who never, like, really believed, mm-hmm. uh, that was, like, my first encounter with other, like, people who would, like, very openly talk about that, and I'm like, oh, all of you guys are assholes. Yeah, and I think, like, kind of people at large have started to realize they're assholes when you see how they butt up against religions primarily held by people that aren't white and how that atheism tends to look a lot like racism in those situations. And how often it really just goes into racism. Yeah, uh uh-huh, absolutely. Uh, Especially, I would say, against, like, Muslim people. 100%, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, so... (laughs) Actually, religion's complicated. Really, it's complicated, and, like, I'll say, like, even as someone who has never, like, you know, been to church, really, or... Yeah. Something like that, or, like, I still, like, celebrate Christmas, and... <laughs> right, exactly. Well... Easter. Listen, especially Christmas is, like... There's, like, two holidays that happen on December 25th. One is Christmas, and one is, like, secular Christmas. <laughs> yes. And one is Coca-Cola Presents Christmas. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> yeah. Easter, I feel like, is a little more, like, there's not, there's a little bit of, like, a secular bent to it with, like, Easter Bunny stuff, but a lot of it, like, that one feels more, like, Yes. More, like, firmly spiritual to me. Mm-hmm. I haven't really done anything for it recently, but, like, as I was, like, when I was a kid and... Yeah. Like, in... My parents' household, Rudy, because we celebrate Christmas, uh, Easter in some way. Sure, definitely, definitely. Um, Leave out carrots for the Easter bunny. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Easter uh, when we get to that Fiery Furnace episode. An uh-uh. episode based on a Bible story that has nothing to do with Easter. <laughs> Was written uh, hundreds of years before Jesus. <laughs> and yet somehow uh, kind of became an Easter story in Veggie Tales. Yeah, uh... Oh, just randomly, just Christmas reminded me. Uh, I believed in Santa Claus, though, for a very long time. I kind like, when do you, when did you stop believing in Santa Claus? 
Embarrassingly, like, 60. Okay. I got out of it sooner than you did. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so I, when I say that, people are like, Ashley. Right, uh-huh. Which is fair, but I then say that my parents were very dedicated to this. Yeah, mine were too. Uh, to the point where they would have boot prints with yep. soot all over the house. Uh-huh. Uh, and, like, they, they, I'm just saying, like, they did a lot of forensic work. Yeah, my parents did the same thing with snowy footprints, which kind of, like, by, like, eight or nine, I was like, I don't think Santa, Santa might not be real. I don't know, I'm hearing, I'm hearing from a lot of places that Santa's made up. Uh, but then I kind of, A, we had a very big blowout Christmas where my parents did the kind of shit you're talking about. <laughs> and we're like, I... Like was it wasn't even like overnight. It was like I, I think I was downstairs in the basement playing or something, and there were like mm. some presents under the tree, and then yeah. I came up like a few hours later, and there's snowy footprints everywhere and way more presents. Yeah, no, like I I was like starting to wane. Like that was around like the like yeah. eight nine range. Yeah, yeah. And then like something you know they had they pulled out all the stops, and there I was like. Well, shit. Oh. Right. Well, so it, it was that for me, and then I think the same year at school, uh, it was like just a free reading time. You're like, take any book off of this shelf. You can read it. And it was a book that someone had written as if it were a journal about him going up to the North Pole and, like, boarding with the Claus family for a month <laughs> or something. Yeah, and, and it was, you were like, well... <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, well, well, obviously this is true. Right, like, I mean, okay, I kind of was starting to think Santa was fake, but this guy's like talking to him. He's been, he's seen him. Okay, so he's real, I guess. And then it took like another year or two for me to be like, no, I think fiction exists. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people, sometimes people write down things in books that aren't true <laughs> for the purpose of entertainment. Just go into it, just write down a book and tell lies. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, like, it's weird. Like, I didn't, like, have, like, that big moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I did either. Like, it was just, like, o- like over the course of, like, one year, I was just like, oh, yeah, Santa's probably not real, right? Yeah, right. Okay. Um, yeah, I... Something I wanted to circle back to, it, you know, we talked about, like, internet atheist stuff, and so many of those people are just assholes and the worst. I will say... I, there have been people who are that kind of, like, super hardline, like, materialist, atheist kind of person that I've had a lot of very good conversations with. And I feel like, maybe kind of maddeningly to them, my Christianity feels a lot stronger for having talked to them because they were able to point out, like, problems with my logic and, like, made me reason through things and come to understand my beliefs on a deeper level. That's good. Yeah, as opposed to just like, oh, you're right, everything I believe is bullshit. It's like, no, I'm right still, but you pointed out some good points. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, and, and, and I promise I won't get too dark. Hey, you know what? The, like I said, this can be an emotional subject, it can be a traumatic topic, and yeah. we'll have to touch on it sometimes. Uh, like, when I would talk to my grandparents, especially like after I had come out, which, like, that's also a big factor in all of this. Right, yeah. Uh, and, like, how people react to that, especially in Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it was always just like, oh, like, no, like, you're, like, it's always was like kind of you're going against God. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, or, yeah. Go ahead. Or, like, you're here to make, like, at the best, like, the best reaction I would get, like, oh, like, this is just, like, a thing, like, a, you know, chance for me to, like, prove how strong my religion is and how, like, loving I am. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, cool, like. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that I am, like, a test for you. Yep. Should it's... we talk about VeggieTales? I guess we should talk about VeggieTales. We're 30 minutes in. We're 30 minutes in. Listen, yeah, and I, I'm sure we'll have more to say about every topic we've brought up already as this episode yeah. goes and as this entire series goes. Mm-hmm. But we have a lot of Veggie Tales to get through. Yes. Uh, all right, so Veggie Tales. Uh, let me look. I thought I had the fucking Wikipedia page pulled up. Damn it, Veggie Tales, where'd you go? <laughs> Veggie Tales. I wanted to just get the year it started. Uh, background. Here we go. I don't know. It started in the late 80s, early 90s. That's what matters. Uh, it was created by Phil Vischer and Mike <laughs> Naraki. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe they were, like, college friends or something like that. And, uh, I think I read they were in, like, a puppet ministry together, which I assume means doing, like, Christian puppet shows for children. But just the phrase puppet oh, yeah. ministry with no context is a weird <laughs> phrase. We invite you to the puppet ministry. <laughs> the puppet ministry is the lord of this entire land. I uh, did at one point order a puppet from a Christian web puppet website. Great. <laughs> uh, and then I just made dumb videos with it. That sounds about like you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah? the fact that I owned a pup, like a Muppet-style puppet, is maybe the least surprising fact about me. Yeah. Uh, so I, I believe, and that. I might be getting some of these details wrong. It seems like some sources get details slightly differently in each version I've read of this, so who knows? But I think Phil Vischer was kind of the guy... Well, there's the King James Bible in there. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Phil Vischer kind of was playing around with computer animation stuff, and uh, he had the idea that he could probably put together cartoons for children with this, and like, oh, it's 3D animation, it's, it's novel and new, and it'll like catch kids' attention better. Uh, than puppet shows, presumably. Uh, mm-hmm. He made, like, some demos with, like, a dancing candy bar. And his wife pointed out that parents wouldn't like it if their kids were watching a cartoon candy bar. And if it was a cartoon vegetable, then parents would be more receptive to it. Because, you know, you want to prevent promote healthy eating habits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why they're vegetables. <laughs> that's interesting to me, because, like, I've heard from, like... There's been multiple, like, people who were, like, very big into puppeteering that, like, got, got very into, like, CGI. Mm-hmm. As, like, seeing it as so, in some ways as, like, a next step of puppeteering. I can see that, because that's sort of... I mean, I don't know a ton about 3D animation, but with, like, manipulating the skeleton of models, like, there's some connections there, right? Yeah. Like, I think 3D models kind of work similarly to sort of, like, marionettes. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, him and uh, Mike Nerwaki, uh, I, I'm probably getting these people's names wrong, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I guess if someone knows how to pronounce these people's names, let me know. Yeah. Uh, but they started making Veggie Tales. They put out Where's God When I'm So Scared 
in December of 1993. There we go. There's the year. Uh, which, right, so very close to Evangelion. <laughs> Evangelion's what, 94? Yes. All right, so clearly Hideaki Anno saw this and had some ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they started making these. They got, you know, more and more successful. Uh, people like me were eating them up. Uh, and they just kind of kept growing... At some point, they got the, like, money to make the movie that they did based on the story of Jonah. Mm-hmm. And, um, I guess they really overshot on how much money a VeggieTales movie would make. Um. This was not the, uh, Passion of the Christ kind of thing where... <laughs> no. No, it wasn't. Uh, it bankrupted the company. Uh, the company Big Idea Productions, and the big idea was to teach kids about God. Yeah. Um, so they ended up, uh, yeah, kind of losing. Just end of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they ended up losing. They lost control of the company uh, as a result. It got bought up by a company that eventually got bought up by DreamWorks. And uh, it kind of went dormant for a long time. I think they were still putting out videos, um, but, you know, yeah, they took a big hit from that. Uh, Phil Vischer went off to create a new endeavor called, I think, Jellyfish Studios or something like that, uh, which he said, I I read a whole interview with him about it, where he was talking about how, you know, he got too wound up in the success of VeggieTales, and, you know, he was... Trying to teach kids moral lessons, oh, because God says so, and that's that's not enough. We need to like really teach young children about Christianity. So he made a puppet show that I need to find the name of real quick. Uh, it is called Galaxy Buck Mission to Sector Nine, which is all about it's like a, a sci-fi themed puppet show where they apparently get extremely in depth about the Bible. Mm. Um, and just get real gritty with the details. (laughs) Not gritty as in, like, violent, just really, like, granular. Yeah, I I was gonna ask if they are going to, like, alien planets to teach them about to do colonialism. I don't know enough about Galaxy Buck to say whether or not that's how it goes. I think the idea is that his journey through space is a metaphor for his journey with God. Oh, okay. If I remember that, that's kind of the, the angle they took. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so at some point in 2016, DreamWorks partnered up with Netflix to revive VeggieTales, which I didn't know happened when we agreed mm-hmm. to do this show. So in 2016, they released VeggieTales in the house, um, yeah. which featured Phil Vischer doing the voice of Bob the Tomato. Uh, that's a part I left out. Uh, Vischer and Narwaki do almost all the voices in VeggieTales. Yes. There's sometimes, watching this show, where it feels like I'm listening to a podcast sped up. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, because it's just two people's voices pitched up. Um, but, you know, they are not the uh, owners of Big Idea Productions anymore, so they're not, like, in charge of VeggieTales in the house. Uh, DreamWorks puts Doug Teneple in charge of it as the executive producer. And if you don't know who that is, 
He is the creator of Earthworm Jim and also a raging bigot. Yes, very notable bigot. Very notable bigot who likes to uh, attack people that call him one. So, mm-hmm. you know, listen, guys, keep this on the down low. I don't want to. I don't want Doug yes, up in my please. mentions. Please, I don't want that fuck rat <laughs> getting into my menchies. This is probably our most controversial podcast <laughs> by default. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a homestuck, maybe I'd eke it out a bit, but yeah, you know what? Homestuck would have been more controversial if we were doing it now. I feel like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, um, Doug Tenapel is a piece of shit, and I loved Earthworm Jim as a child, and it makes me very sad that it was made by a bad person mm-hmm, who I mm-hmm. don't like. Uh, he just he's just he's jumps like on anyone s- that criticizes him. He's like in a similar camp as like. The dude who made Ren Stimpy. Yeah. Um, he's very, like, vocally anti-gay, uh, anti, mm-hmm. you know, he's transphobic. Um, I think the last time he kind of got attention for it was uh, Heather Alexandria doing, like, a retrospective on Earthworm Jim. And uh, kind of criticizing and saying, like, listen, it hasn't held up great, you know, and talking about, just talking critically about it. Not mean, just critical. Yeah. And uh, his response was to throw a temper tantrum, uh, misgender her, and then just constantly, like, retweet people saying awful things about her. Mm-hmm. And, listen, a lot of great, great games have not aged well. Like, we, I just yeah. saw you earlier today talking about how Mario 64 not aged well. Exactly. It's super important when it came out. It's super revolutionary, but, like, playing it today is kind of like, mm, kind of clunky. <laughs> I'd liked the Earthworm Jim video game a lot when I was seven. I had mm-hmm. all the action figures. I watched the cartoon all the time. And God, I'm just so sad that he's such a little shit. I had all of... I really liked Klee Fighters, so that was my oh, Earthworm yeah, Jim yeah. experience. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like written for Breitbart in the past. Yeah, just he's just a, a shithead. Just a real little shit stain of a man. So, I, we don't think we're gonna review that part of it. We'll, we'll see. We could just insult <laughs> Doug Tenapel once a week for a year. I mean, yeah. Well, listen, we have about a year of non-Doug Tenapel Veggie Tales. We'll, we'll see, see how where we're we feeling are. next year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if that, the spirit moves us. Yeah, then that got, like, a follow-up show called Veggie Tales in the City, which I think Phil Vischer left during, and I don't remember why. Um, and then I found out that uh, sometime pretty soon we are due for a new revival of Veggie Tales with uh-huh. uh, Vischer and Narwaki in charge of it, just called the Veggie Tales Show, uh, prepare, uh, premiering on the Trinity Broadcast Network, which airs like the Seven Hundred Club and stuff like that. Wonderful. Uh huh. You get so far. Okay. Uh, yeah, listen, the, the the line we're crossing, like, it, it's good. Look, we have to be able to tell jokes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was kind of curious before even watching this about where on the spectrum of assholes that Phil Vischer landed on. Yeah. That's kind of the main kind of creative behind this stuff. Just to get a, because 
Christian, unfortunately, can mean a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So I kind of researched him a bit. He's got a whole... He's got the Phil Vischer podcast, which... I don't know, far be it for me to criticize someone from having a podcast. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I went from reading this big interview about how he needed to, like, have, you know... He needed to, like, let go and let God... Well, let go and let God, you know, that's saying. Yeah. That's why his studio is called Jellyfish, because jellyfish can't locomote. They just have to go with the flow. And he just needs uh. to feel the current that the Lord is, is acting upon him. And, like, that kind of statement of humility just seemed to contrast with, also, listen to the Phil Vischer podcast. Yes. Um, so I dug through some of those episodes. You, trying. Yeah, yeah so you're trying to figure out if he is on the... Where on the scale of yeah, Doug Tenepal, uh right. to Dan Hayslein he is. Sure. Uh, I don't know who D- Dan Hayslein is, but sure. <laughs> he is the singer of uh, Christian Rock Boat Group, Jars of Clay, that, I, that has multiple songs I like. Oh, all right. <laughs> and, but he notably like was like, hey, is there any non-ridiculous reason for people to, like, be against gay marriage and, like, trans okay. people. Okay, Or cool. is... And as someone who got their, you know, was a Christian band... Uh-huh, yeah. Surprise, you know, controversial statement. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I will say, uh, while looking through the episodes earlier, because uh, I was curious about why Doug Tenapel was the VeggieTales <laughs> guy for Netflix, he <laughs> is a guest on that podcast... Twice. <laughs> so that... That's concerning all on its own. Um, I did listen to one entire episode of the Phil Vischer podcast in trying to figure this out. Um, oh, boy. I found one that was called, like, Gender and Sexuality, and I figured, okay, well, this one's gonna be a pretty good litmus test, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's him... I think it's usually two... <laughs> f- what? Sorry, I just saw a funny gif. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's him, and I think it's usually two friends. The episode I listened to, one of them wasn't there. Uh, and they just sort of talk about... They just shoot the shit, I think, and then they have, like, a guest mm-hmm. on who they interview. And uh, the guest they had in this case was a guy named Preston Sprinkle, who I think he's, like, a doctor of theology or something. But he had written a book called... What is the name of it? I should have had all these notes pulled up before we started. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Five questions. Just cut all this out later while I find this man's bibliography. Where is it? Uh... Sorry. Had so much time to have all this ready to go. <laughs> Uh, oh, here we go. It's called Grace Slash Truth. Uh, five conversations every thoughtful Christian should have about faith, sexuality, and gender. Yeah, that seems like the one to go with. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, the episode of the podcast is very... I was getting a little frustrated because they talk in very big circles about what they actually think about mm-hmm. this. They're talking about you know, the book and, oh, aren't, like, super hard right people kind of crazy, but they they never quite say out loud what they think. 
Yeah. Other than there's clearly some degree of you should be accepting of uh, gay people. Yeah, and, but uh, and another kind of wiggle room with those words are when some people say accepting of gay people, it's like you need to accept you know the, the, that they are sinners and try to like. Well, yeah, and it, it's it's not quite that, but yeah, they talk about like, oh no, you know, I, I don't hate gay people. I love gay people because I love everybody. Yes. Cause I'm a Christian. Yes, and it's like okay, okay, mm. okay. Um, so I had to go and do some other digging. I did a lot of research for this podcast. More than any podcast we've really done. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, and I found the Amazon reviews for Grace Last Truth, mm-hmm. and. Uh, most of them are, like, five-star reviews. They love it. Uh, they're mm-hmm. talking about how this has taught them to be more accepting of uh, gay people. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe this guy's okay. It's hard to tell from the episode, but this sounds potentially good, right? Yes. And then I got to the one not-five-star review, which I want to find real quick. And it's a two-star review uh, on the Amazon page for this. Mm-hmm. Um called Retitle This Book Truth Slash Exclusion, A New Way to Hurt and Divide LGBTQ Plus People. Although the lives of LGBTQ Plus People he examines are honored by his obvious side B beliefs, his this book leaves any side A or XYZ believers out in the cold and lump them in the sinner bonfire. So at this point I had to go and Google what side A and side B meant, because that was not terminology I'd heard before. Okay. So it is... Um, a terminology with, with queer Christians, if you are a side A believer, basically you say, God made me this way, he loves me, and uh-huh. me, you know, I am not uh, damned for loving the people that I love. Mm-hmm. Side B people believe, God made me this way, and he loves me, but just like anybody else, I have temptations to sin, and my homosexual impulses are one of those temptations and I can be a Christian as long as I don't act on those. That it is wrong to do... Like, it's not wrong to have those feelings, but it is wrong to act on them. So, basically... Well, let's get back to this guy's review, having kind of laid that groundwork. Uh, yes. This book lacks its namesake. Grace, by definition, in Christian belief, uh, is the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. As a gay Christian side A believer, I pray that Dr. Sprinkle's genuine intent to love and teach others how to truly love LGBTQ plus people, that his heart will be enlightened and that the Holy Spirit will open his eyes to the exclusion 2.0 this curriculum is teaching to an already heterocentric, self-righteous privilege that holds salvation in Jesus in a proverbial hostage situation from any gay believers other than those called to be celibate. As a former evangelical programmer slash planner, this curriculum launch seems forced and premature and does not give my heterosexual Christian brothers and sisters the whole story. This is a typical evangelical rebranding. Do not be fooled. If you want to love an LGBTQ plus person, get to know them all, not just a select few that agree with your theology. God is bigger than your book, and so is the Bible. Because <laughs> well, And as VeggieTales is going to teach us today, God's bigger than a lot of things. So, yeah. you know, clearly this uh, reviewer... G. Sabalza, Sabalza. I don't know how to say this name, but clearly he believes in Veggie Tales. Yes. Uh, I'll give this book two stars because he does give voice and validity to side B believers, which is a step in the right direction. However, renders the rest of us invisible or invalid. 
Uh, if you're reading this review, Dr. Sprinkle, as your Christian brother who lost a night of sleep from listening to your book in one sitting, you need to hear that your words eloquently wrapped in the guise of grace and truth hurt me and reopened wounds from years of post-traumatic stress because of this type of exclusion from churches claiming to follow Jesus. I plead with you to reconsider the launch of this curriculum to the masses. It will do more hurt than good in an already dark period of evangelicals' attempt to understand and explain away the heart of LGBTQ plus people. Which, at which point I was like, all right, yeah, eh, okay. <laughs> That's about what I expected. Yeah. Um, and honestly, even before going and looking it up, immediately it was kind of a red flag to me that he wanted to do an episode about gender and sexuality and got a straight cis person on to talk about it. Yeah. Like, that's already like, come on, buddy. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But listening to more of that podcast, also, he seems pretty transphobic. Yeah. They don't, he doesn't come out and say anything other than, you know, this is such a complicated topic, and it's so confusing, and a lot of the science really isn't in yet, and people are telling us what to think without really giving us the opportunity to think it through, you know? These schools are making decisions, that, and we just don't have an opportunity to give our opinion about it. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing... Explicitly bigoted, but a lot that's implicitly bigoted. Like, <laughs> <wink>. <laughs> exactly. I the vibe I got off of him and some of the other uh, bits I have picked up about him is he's very like the kind of person that identifies as a radical centrist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he he doesn't seem to care for uh, like Trump or like super far right conservatives. Relative to his environment, he probably thinks of himself as very progressive, but also, yes. you know, the right's got some good points about some things, and we need to just hear everybody out and, you know, figure out what's best. We can't just uh-huh. say that every, you know, the whole, you know, you're not evil just because you're conservative, I and mean, we gotta think about this stuff in yeah. a way that just is very mealy-mouthed and uh, bad, <laughs> for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. Yeah. So, Veggie Tales. <laughs> veggie Tales. <laughs> this has all been. <laughs> also, I think, think he might be very slightly racist, but there'll be opportunities to talk about that in future episodes of this podcast. Yeah, I, I, I remembered some voices from Veggie Tales that I think might get into that. They so uh, yeah, we shouldn't talk about it now. There's things to yeah. talk about with that though that I've heard yes. Phil Vicious say that I'm like. Mm. Again, mm. talking in very big circular ways where I'm like, I can't actually pin down your actual belief here because he's very, he talks around what he wants to, what he believes, and he's also very, like, sarcastic and, like, avuncular about it. Like, he seems like he'd be a fun guy to have, like, if he was your uncle coming to dinner, it'd be like, oh, yeah. that's a fun time at dinner. Um, yeah. As long as you're, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but in a way that, like, I feel like there are some bad things bubbling under the surface here that you're not letting seep out. Yeah. And I feel like if you were being more open and honest about your thoughts, I might despise you. Yeah. I am really now interested to see if the new VeggieTales has something on gender. Oh, man. Yeah. It, oof. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, VeggieTales... Uh, someone, uh, you know, Peach identifying as a cucumber. Oh, boy, yeah. You just, <laughs> you just nailed exactly what's gonna happen, and I'm not yeah. happy about it. 
and it's going to be a message about how God loves you the way he made you, and you don't need to change because God loves you. Yes. Mm. That's going to happen, and we're going to have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, no, we signed the blood pact. We're going to have to. Luke, I'm sc- sc- scared. Yeah, well, I got good news. God's here for you. All right. <laughs> All right, so it opens with the intro that I remember uh, very uh-huh. fondly. Yes. Where it's, it's so our, our two kind of, I don't want to say protagonists, because there's not that much of a narrative thread to VeggieTales, but our, our hosts. Our hosts, you're right, that's the right word for it. Uh, Bob the Tomato and Larry the Cucumber. Yes. And while we're getting all of the kind of title cards, they are talking off screen about uh, performing the theme song. Yeah. Uh, Larry is concerned that he can't really provide any musical accompaniment because he doesn't have arms. Mm. Which is a weird thing for them to acknowledge because I feel like they are going to pick up objects in future episodes. Oh yeah, like they they show you like someone using boxing gloves that doesn't have arms. Yeah, uh-huh. It's a thing where like how much they are like they acknowledge their vegetableness. Uh-huh. Depends on this what's funnier at that point, Absolutely. which is a totally yeah. fine way to go about That's it. That's totally fine and I would also Guess that this theme song animation was probably one of the first things they made. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just them in a white void, and they come out and sing the the theme song that way yeah. more people know than I realized. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if if you like to talk to tomatoes, if a squash, if a squash can make you smile, make you smile. If you like to waltz with potatoes up and down the produce aisle, then have we got a show for you? Mm-hmm. Now, does anyone like doing any of those things? <laughs> No. <laughs> is there anyone that likes talking to tomatoes? It is a weird... Like, listen, this is so nitpicky, and we have yes. a whole half hour to get through, but it did hit me, like, the answer to all of these questions is no. I've never <laughs> looked at a squash in my life and just been like, ah, oh, squash. Yeah, hey. I'm sure there are people who are, like, super into, like, gardening and farming and shit. It's like, ah, oh, that's a good squash. Yeah, I guess he doesn't say if a squash does, it's if a squash can make you smile. So that's yes. a little more conditional. Sure, okay. I don't think anyone uh, has ever waltzed with a potato up and down a produce aisle, Ashley. That's uh pretty Yeah, that yeah. like I, I could see someone talking to tomatoes. Sure, yeah, especially if you're growing them. Yeah. But yeah, waltzing with potatoes, I think, is right. I think, out. That's, I think that's over the line. <laughs> I've really dug and I tried to find examples of um hard right Christians that like hated veggie tales because it took liberties with the Bible stories. I couldn't find any. If someone out there can find one, I want it so bad. Um but anyway, yeah, we're introduced to Bob and Larry after the theme song ends. I think this must be like a reissue of this thing because it's got clips yeah. from later episodes that weren't made when this episode was mm-hmm. um but yeah they hang out on this kitchen countertop so i feel like we've uh, got an establishment of like how this world works right yes they stand on a countertop scaled to human size they're vegetables yes. it's, it's it's a toy story thing kinda yeah yeah kinda i mean they're talking directly to the camera but I understand the cartoon logic of this world so far. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they introduce themselves, and uh, they get to a letter that they have gotten from a child mm-hmm. who uh, explains that she thinks... Yeah, and the letter, again, is people-sized. So like yes. Bob's going to like hop on top of it to read it. And, yeah, you hear this child's voice. This is the most sarcastic, sassy child <laughs> ever. I'm pretty sure they eventually, uh, would, like, go to eventually, like, having it be emails or... I wouldn't surprise me, because they have the computer that they set up later. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, it's... She's just like, sometimes I get scared that monsters are in my closet. What do I do? In a way that she just sounds very sarcastic to me. I think that's just when you try to get a kid to act. That's that's probably more accurate to what it is. Yes. But, uh... Well, it's just... Like, Larry... And if you don't know, so Bob's the straight man, Larry's the jokester. Yeah, absolutely. Though I feel like he's not quite as much of the jokester yet. No, but I think they're still like, like sorting out the identities of these characters at this point. Uh, it, it is also a thing where he is like, he is not like doing jokes on purpose. Yeah, he's very like he like misunderstands something, or he like you know falls over in a funny way, that kind of thing. Yes, uh, because he goes like, well, I used to be scared of you know monster in my closet, but yeah. I found out it's just my you know bunny slippers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say there's something about the way this is animated and, like, directed. Yeah. It's, it's very Newgroundsy, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's like I, if Newgrounds was for, like, 3D animation instead of Flash. Yes. It's not, like, horribly done considering it was, you know, such a, like, they just made it in their garage or whatever. No, yeah, like, I did not hate the show. <laughs> When I rewatched it this time, like if they they did an okay job at this. Yes, there was one or two lines that made me laugh. Yeah, there are some legitimately good laugh lines here. Yes. Uh, but so, but they go like, well, here's you know, like kid broccoli. Yeah. So okay, if, you know, check and make sure the monster that you've seen isn't your slippers. But that seems really specific. So we're going to show you a whole story that'll help you deal with this problem. And how dare you call him Kid Broccoli? His name is Junior Asparagus. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, we, we cut into, like, the first short of the episode, which is what, uh, like, Tales Because that's of- what the majority of these are. Like, yeah, yeah. There's not usually, like, any fiction that occurs on the kitchen counter. No, like, like we said, they're the hosts, and then they cut away to these shorts. Mm-hmm. Um... And, uh, I forget what this short's called, but it's... Junior Asparagus is watching, like, an old monster movie. Yeah, it's basically Frankenstein, but it's a giant celery stick. Yeah, it's Frankencelery. Yes. And, uh, yeah, he, like, breaks out of the lab and he starts... I do like the joke of, like, you see it off screen, but it's... Uh-huh. He walks off screen and then immediately the mad scientist is like, No, leave that villager alone! Like, it takes him <laughs> two seconds to start <laughs> yes. rampaging. Like, it is already going into all of the, like, Frankenstein shit. Yeah, uh uh-huh. It's good. Yeah. Uh, But, like, it goes around and you see that uh, Kid Asparagus. Yeah. Little Asparagus is. Yeah. 
uh, is, you know, watching this very close to the television. Yeah, he's, like, sitting on the floor. Which, okay, already, though, we I have questions about the world of VeggieTales. All right, yeah, that's, I thought, this is where I thought that was going. Because we've just cut away from Bob and Larry on that kitchen counter. Uh-huh. And now, in the world of this short, he's in, like, a living room that is scaled to vegetable people size. Mm-hmm. Like, his mom pokes her head in from the kitchen, which has a counter. But what if you is... saw Bob and Larry on that kitchen counter? I would lose my mind. <laughs> Even if it was obviously the same kitchen counter, but it's not. <laughs> so, how does the... Okay, I guess first I need to understand, is this short... Like, real? Is this a real event that happened in Bob and Larry's world, or is this some kind of stage play they're putting on like the next one is? I I think it's kind of like a stage play. Okay, but then what about the... Okay. There's things that seem to contradict that, though, is the problem. (laughs) Like, are are we... Is the idea, then, that the VeggieTales players all live on that kitchen counter... Or other kitchen counters around the world, and they get together, and they build elaborate sets that look like if they had a house that was scaled to their size. That What I was thinking is that they're, like, putting on a show, because they're obviously talking to the camera and stuff. Right, yes. And so that this is something where they are... Like, that the kitchen counter is a set. Okay, so you're saying they live in a vegetable world that's scaled to vegetables, but then they go and do their TV show on a giant set like the movie Cats. Yes. Okay. To what end? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So, I mean, they talk to the camera, and they... If they're getting... Is the six-year-old girl that sent that letter in a vegetable or a human? That I can't say. (laughs) That I... Because if she's a vegetable, then if this whole world is just vegetables, I don't understand why the counter is huge. Mm -hmm. If she's a human, what kind of cross-dimensional magic is at play here? And why have the VeggieTales created a show to cater to our dimension instead of their own? That's where the money is, baby. Because <laughs> uh, it's not, like, weird, like, how, like, when Muppets or, like, you know, Sesame Street would do it. Because, like, that's just, okay, it is... <laughs> right, just a world where some people are Muppets. I can understand yes. that. Yeah. Totally understandable. The giant kitchen and computer and letters seem to imply to me that this is a world where normal-sized vegetable people cohabitate with normal-sized humans. Hmm. Which is bonkers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, is this a thing where that's, like, the story they tell is also true, but they are just in a much smaller house. Right. What do the people eat in the VeggieTales world? (laughs) Just meat. Everyone's like... <laughs> Everyone's just a carnivore. Uh-huh. All right. I guess that... I guess that makes sense for now, at least. Until we break it up, like, it breaks, like, next time. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Junior Asparagus' mom, who I think's name is just Mom Asparagus. Uh-huh. 
uh, tells him he's got to go to bed. He can't finish watching the movie that he's clearly very <laughs> scared of. Uh, so he heads upstairs, and uh, the energy of this whole little section is wild to me. It- <laughs> like this turns into David Lynch for a few minutes. <laughs> it's so. Just so much of this show, like, the facial animation is so weird. Like, he's just slowly hopping up the stairs on his little asparagus stump, and he's like, I'm not scared, in this weird, overly high-pitched voice, while this old-fashioned organ music plays that's, like, spooky movie music, and he stops, and he sees a photo of his family staring back at him while this ominous music plays... Yeah, and they, like, start glaring at him, him included. Right, and they and grow Frankenstein bolts out of their neck and start leaning forward into him. And, like, his eyes bug out in a really, like, weird, un- yeah, not a way you want to see. Like, it is the exact same energy as, like, the shot of the ceiling fan in Twin Peaks. <laughs> just, if you just overlaid a woman crying over yeah. that scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is so strange. Uh, So he Uh, is laying in bed, uh, just kind of staring at the ceiling, too scared to sleep. And yeah, like, he's hearing, like, loud bumps. He's laying there, terrified of the idea of monsters. Mm -hmm. And then his roof rips open or something. Two people fucking whoop in. (laughs) Two people just break into his bedroom violently. And they're like, hey, okay, what up? <laughs> Bob the tomato and Larry the cucumber just come crashing through his roof. And they just need to say, don't worry, we're here to help. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, at first, he's like, oh, no, there's a monster in my toy box, but that monster's just Larry. Cause... It's Larry, and like he pops up, he's got, like a baby bonnet over his face so he can't see. And he's like, where is everyone? Yeah, uh-huh. It's funny. Yeah, definitely. It's not one of the best jokes in this one. No. Uh, But they talk about they thought he was scared of uh, the the Franken celery, so they're here to like help him out. And he, you know, is being a tough guy, little kid. Is like, I'm not scared. Uh They're like, oh well, if you're not scared, I guess we'll just leave then. Well, and like at this point, it were about you know six minutes into the episode. Yeah. I was like, far less god than I thought there'd be at this like, point. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I remember like VeggieTales as like very religious. Right, and it is not explicitly religious up to this point. And like there's a bit like a joke where he's like, I have brought like Larry is like, I brought you good things, good sir, and like uh He's like Fox quoting like, like the, the nativity scene. Like yeah, he's, he's talking about like, like the no, birth of Jesus. That's the wrong story. And he's yeah. like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And so I was like, wait, like, they're kind of like making jokes about it. Like, like, is this like less religiously than I thought it was? Right. And you were wondering if we got like a censored version because at one point in the runtime yes. running of this show, it was put on NBC. But yes. But they cut it down and cut out all of the explicit religious references if they were Bible uh-huh. stories, they they let them hang, but they kind of tried to trim out the explicit religious messaging of them, which yes. uh, made a lot of people very angry. Uh huh. Um, I don't even that that seems like it would be seems like you'd have to cut so much that it wouldn't be worth it. But I'm not a network executive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
according to Phil Vischer, he had no say-so in that and didn't even know they were doing it, and he wouldn't have agreed to give them the rights to it if he had, which is probably true. Uh-huh. I buy that. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, but he yeah. also, I remember, like, reading, like, said that he understands why they did it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I get it, but, like, I don't like it. Yeah. See, you, you get where I'm coming from, though. He just, he'll yeah. never come, he'll never talk straight. No. He's just like, well, you know, that's... Because, okay, so, this isn't relevant to this episode, but I watched this, and we may as well talk about it, because I'll just forget about it next time. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a... Character in this show named Mr. Nezer, uh-huh. who is a big old zucchini, and he usually plays the bad guy when he shows up. He's in the Fiery Furnace episode. Yeah. He's based on King Nebuchadnezzar. Yes. Um, and uh, he is not in the Netflix show. But there is a character that is almost identical looking to him with a different name called Ikabezer. And uh, Phil Vischer has explained... That the inspiration for the voice of Mr. Nezer came from the Oogie Boogie Man from Nightmare Before Christmas. He was basically just doing an impression of that character. All right. And the actor that plays that character is black. And (laughs) according to him, uh, DreamWorks has a standing policy that you, you know, they don't want to get... Uh, in trouble for being racially insensitive, so you are not allowed... They don't allow actors to portray characters that aren't the same race as them. Mm-hmm. And because it was based on the voice of a black actor, they said this is stepping over the line and we can't have this character in the DreamWorks version of VeggieTales. So he mm-hmm. invented the same exact character with a different name and kind of even the same voice, but that it's, it's, but a he, weird... he didn't explicitly say that I based it off of this voice. Right. It's a weird thing because I understand where DreamWorks is coming from with that position. It seems like this is a weird edge case that doesn't make a ton of yeah. sense because neither the Oogie Boogie man nor Mr. Nezer are like explicitly, explicitly black, any kind yeah. of ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Um. So it it just seems like a weird situation. Uh, yeah. There's another character with a Hispanic accent that apparently managed to not break the rule. Mm-hmm. Who we'll get to. Um. But uh, I listened to him describe all this, and on one hand, yeah, I I agree that that's a little bit of a weird ruling on DreamWorks's part. But he's just got a kind of smug smile as he's describing all of this. And not offering his opinion on any of it in a way that I'm like, okay, either you just think this is a silly thing that happened, or you kind of think that all political correctness is bullshit, and I can't tell, because you won't just come out and say anything, you're just describing the situation with a degree of irreverence in a way that you're clearly not taking it seriously, but I don't know what that means. You don't know why you're not taking it seriously. What do you believe, Phil Vischer? (laughs) I'm going to solve this man before the show is over. I'm so looking forward to all of them. <laughs> I am going to complete the Phil Vischer Rubik's Cube. <laughs> anyway, they want to sing Junior Asparagus a song. And he's like, well, no, I, I, I could like a song. They're like, well, you know, it's a big deal. If we sing a song, you're not actually scared. Yeah. 
and he just like snaps like sing the song and that, 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 that was like yeah. the first like actual like kind of chuckle I got yeah, same uh, that, that is just... a legitimately funny joke <laughs> yeah just, cause he's like so you know high pitched voice like well I don't know sing the song it's just like through like gritted <laughs> teeth and be like okay then yeah uh, but it's a whole song about like Oh, you think there's monsters all around your room? I don't remember the specific lyrics. Godzilla's uh, in the hall. Yeah. Or there's eyes in your closet. Right. Little tiny uh, monsters going in your ball monsters that jump into his like underwear drawer. Yeah, his jammies. His jammies. Uh, And Bob, is this where we get the call the police line? Yeah, yeah. Bob asks him, "What do you do in that kind of situation?" And Junior says, call the police. (laughs) Good joke. Which is what he should have done when this tomato man burst into his bedroom. Yeah. (laughs) Like, do you think he knows Bob, though? I don't think he does. He doesn't seem to. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't say, like, Bob, what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. the, The whole thing here is so strange because the opening of the show establishes Bob and Larry as, like, the hosts but then uh-huh. this scene converts them into being some weird, like, like oh, they just hop from child's bedroom to child's bedroom to teach them <laughs> lessons about God. It's uh, it's something that only happens in, like, very educational yeah. children's media where a mysterious person can just go into a child's bedroom to teach them a lesson. Right. And it's totally cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's even... Even more than, like, the differently sized kitchens and all that stuff, it just breaks the fiction of the show in a way that I don't know how to, what to make of it. Um, but yeah, no, you don't need to call the police when you see monsters. And you know why, yeah. Ashley? Because God is bigger. God is bigger than the boogeyman. Yeah. He's bigger than Godzilla and the monsters on TV. Mm-hmm. And, like, he... Junior Asparagus is like, oh, I don't know, is he bigger than King Kong? Because King Kong's pretty big. Yeah, and Bob slaps him and says, you dipshit little child, Godzilla's <laughs> bigger than King Kong. <laughs> so, of course, he's by the transitive property. Were That's you listening? What... <laughs> That's not what happens. It's weird, though, because Bob doesn't have hands, so he just kind of, like, turns a bit, but there's, like, a yeah. uh-huh. noise. Exactly. Um, but no, no, he's just it's like... It's the sound of a celery breaking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, Bob just goes on to explain, no, 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 God, God's bigger than literally everyone. Next to Godzilla, Godzilla's a little ant compared to God. Yeah. All is nothing before God. <laughs> and he's like, what about the slime monster? Like, the slime monster's real big. Right. And... And he can shoot I, I, slime out his ears. I forgot I the audio on my video is not working because of Skype. Oh, great. I forgot what, like, there is kind of, like, a funny joke, like, after he says the slime monster bit. Yeah, it's, he talks about, like, and the slime monster can shoot slime out of his ears. Can God shoot slime out of his ears? <laughs> Which, yeah. frankly, I think is a more interesting theological question than this show gives it credit for. Yes. Because, uh, I mean, I, I mean, the answer is yes, right? Yeah, I guess. He, he chooses not to, as far as I know, but he could <laughs> if he wanted to. Yeah, oh yeah, it's just, 
Bob like kind of like just looks at him like yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, he has a Veggie Tales poster. What? <laughs> I missed that. What? At like nine twelve. Uh, oh, this is. He has a Veggie Tales poster. I'm s- on his wall. What is this world? <laughs> I don't understand, Ashley. That, he's got a poster of Bob and Larry. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What? <laughs> so does he watch Veggie? He must, right? He watches... Okay, I was going to wait a little later to bring this up. <laughs> but I, I feel like I need to introduce my theory now. Great. For this how this all, all fits always together. what we need in a Luke-focused podcast. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, okay. We're all familiar with the Tommy Westfall universe, right? No. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, so... There's an old TV show called St. Elsewhere. It's like a medical drama. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. The last episode I... famously ends... We should explain it just in case someone okay, doesn't yeah. know this. Mm-hmm. The last episode famously ends with a revelation that one of the child characters on it... You know, like it, it zooms out from the hospital and then I think keeps zooming out to reveal the hospital inside of a snow globe. And yes. a minor child character from the show is watching the snow globe... And we find out that they have autism. And the implication is that the entire run of the television show is imagined by this child as they contemplate this snow globe. Yes. And they think about the kinds of people that might populate it. Mm -hmm. Which is a real weird twist ending, for one. I've never seen the show, but I don't know how they could possibly have, like, led up to that organically. Yeah, no, like, it, it is just kind of, like, a twist for a twist, because, like, from what I've also kind of understood, it's not that, like, amazing of a show. It's just, you know, an okay kind of medical sitcom. Right. Drama. Yeah. And, like, there's a reason why the ending is all everyone remembers from it. Right, exactly. And, I mean, like, it's just an, it's, it was all a dream kind of thing. Yes. Um, which is all well and good, except... That show had crossovers, and they had guest characters from other TV shows. Yeah. Which would seem and to And, like, have... a lot of crossovers. It had a decent number of crossovers, and then those shows crossed over with other shows. And for them to exist in the same fictional universe as St. Elsewhere, it would imply that it was all imagined by Tommy Westfall, the child at the end of St. Elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And you can do a Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon thing, and... Basically, any TV show that has ever had a guest character or referenced another TV show in any way is part of this child's imaginary universe. Yes. Like, you can get all the way from I Love Lucy to Star Trek. Yes. Um, and what I am positing is, is the VeggieTales universe really just the Junior Asparagus universe? Hmm. Is that the most coherent explanation we can come up with for any, for all of this? I like that the most, yeah. If, if Junior Asparagus is a uh, highly imaginative child from a religious family who just is fixated on vegetables. Maybe he's a yes. human boy in reality, yeah. but this is how he perceives himself in his imaginary world. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, if this is all just the imaginings of a child... The logical inconsistencies that have baffled us so don't matter because of its dream logic. It's fine. Yeah. I I think that might be the most coherent explanation for this. 
Yeah, I think that might be it. I think we've solved uh, the VeggieTales fictional multiverse. And in doing so, I've rotated that Pil Phil Fisher Rubik's Cube 90 degrees, baby. I'm on my way to solve this. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I'm going to understand the exact, like, percentage of bigotry in this man's philosophy one day. <laughs> We are going to put out, like, a book at the end of this. I know it's not zero. I know it's not zero percent bigotry. It doesn't seem like it's a hundred percent, but, oh, it's somewhere in between those two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, Bob and Larry guide Young Jr. to the window. To the window. Yes. They're like, you see all those stars? Yeah. God made those. Right. And Could I do your like... fucking slime monster make that? <laughs> yeah. I do like Larry's bit where he's just like, yeah, you're just like... Pfft. And there they were. Like, the just... Yeah. Stars are just God spit. I, like... That is something I do remember is that, like, even as, like, the show gets very, very religious and yeah. preachy... Yeah. Uh, is that, like, Larry has a very, like, casual way of talking about it that I, I still enjoy. Definitely, yeah. Where he's like, yeah, no, that just like, you know, it happened. <laughs> so they get into this idea. Like It's been introduced by the song that God is bigger than the boogeyman. Mm -hmm. And Junior looks up at the stars and is awed to learn that uh, his heavenly father has created them. And yeah. comes to understand that, oh, I don't need to be afraid of monsters because God can beat them up. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... Not the right, like... Not the right lesson to teach a kid, and also just... I understand they're trying to simplify things for children, but, like, not a great theology, either. Yeah, like, having it be, like... Multiple characters say multiple times in this, like, oh, man, like, I don't need to be afraid because God's on my side, and I get what they're trying to say. Yeah. But it just kind of sounds like what they're saying is, oh, don't be worried about anything. Cause, well, like, yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, even more than that, like, uh, it just feels to me like all they, the, they're saying, oh, don't worry about it. Like, it, it's like they're making God out to be some kind of, like, mob boss. We're like, listen, yeah, he's no. got the <laughs> biggest operation this whole side of town. Don't you worry about it. You pay your uh, protection money. God's going to be there for you when the boogeyman comes. <laughs> Which is... Hello like, from up, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's like, just... No, guys. No. No. Uh, yeah, it's just... Buh. And at this point, I feel like... Perhaps understanding some of the strange lessons they've just implied... Uh, they make a course correction that I think makes this all the murkier. Yes. <laughs> because suddenly, the, uh, Frankencelery from the TV show bursts into Junior's room. Yeah. And he's, he's like, hey, terrified. Oh, they, they called me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Junior's terrified, but Bob Lee's like, no, 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 listen. Actually, he's a nice guy. I think they, they he has a name, but I don't remember it. Yeah. And, uh, he... It's like, you know... Bob Bobberson. <laughs> yeah, it's it's he's like, yeah, actually I'm an actor from Toledo, Ohio, and I just pretend to be a monster on TV, but gosh, I'm sure sorry I scared you. 
Like, no, that's your job. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, which, okay. That is a good lesson for a kid to understand, listen, this is make-believe. And you yes. don't need to legitimately be afraid of uh, something you see on television. And, like, you know, the boogeyman is made up and stuff. But uh-huh. you've just framed it as... You don't. You've basically said you don't need to be afraid of monsters because God's the strongest monster. Yes. And then you immediately turn around and say, "Also, the monster you were afraid of was fake anyway." Yeah. Which seems like, aren't you kind of opening the door to the like? If the whole idea is to impart religious lessons to kids, uh-huh. haven't you just opened the door to the idea like, wait a second, if if this monster's not real. And if God is defined in this short by his uh-huh. ability to fight monsters, what does that say about the, like, legitimacy of God? <laughs> you know? Yes. And there's that whole thing. And then, like, also the whole thing of, oh, like, don't worry about anything that's on TV. Right. Because it's all fake anyway. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're talking about, you know, fictional shows and stuff. Like, I I get what you're saying, but, like, you know. I mean, yeah, but, like, also, I think there is, like, still fiction that it's probably not okay for a kid of Baby Asparagus's name, uh, like, age group. Yeah, that's fair. I think he says he's, like, four or five or six or something in there. Yeah, because there's, like, a bit where he's, like, like, oh, I'm six. I'm, I'm, you know, real. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's I definitely... Can't, I can't yeah. be scared, I'm over four. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're saying that, like, maybe he doesn't need to watch, like, Cannibal Holocaust, even if he understands <laughs> that God can beat up the cannibals. Yeah, maybe the fly is not a good one to... Maybe that's just disturbing <laughs> imagery that will traumatize a child regardless of their, uh, religious beliefs. Yes. Maybe you just don't need to watch, uh... God, what's the actor in The Fly? I'm blanking on his... Fu- Jeff Goldblum... Maybe they're yeah. going to watch him pick his fingernails off. Yeah. I saw that movie when I was, like, 22, and I still didn't need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at this point, uh, they do a, a refrain of God is bigger than the boogeyman, just to really, you know, yeah. hammer that lesson home. But then... They, they yell, <laughs> God big. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then at that point... Uh, Junior's dad opens the door and it like it's a shot of him opening the door and then it cuts back to a wide shot and everybody but Junior is gone. Yes. Which to me raises the legitimacy of the idea <laughs> that this entire fictional series l- resides in Junior's head. Yes. Because otherwise how the hell do those people leave so quickly? Or is he imagining that his t- favorite TV show actors Right, yeah, shit. Shit, you're right. My theory falls apart because of the VeggieTales poster. Yeah, yeah. There is a show called VeggieTales, and I don't know what happens on it. So you're, you've, like, turned that Rubik's Cube. Yeah, but now it's, it's like I solved one side, and now I realize that I have to unsolve it to make any more progress. Yes. <laughs> is, it, is it that maybe VeggieTales the show is just the Bible stories? And this short exists, but then how does that explain the hosting sections? This theory falls apart. We can't, <laughs> we've got to keep going forward. we got to find a new one. All right, all right. Well, this will, 
I knew it was too early to yeah, get, yeah. to land on our true theory. It seemed optimistic. But, uh, yes, we will continue on, I'm sure, in trying to figure out the VeggieTales universe. <laughs> we're, we're ten minutes into this half-hour show, and we're at an hour and a half. Uh, Molly has tweeted that I feel like Luke and Ashley have been talking about uh, <laughs> VeggieTales for six hours. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so his dad comes in. Everyone vanishes. Yeah. Uh, and dad, because that is his name, uh, yeah. sits down with Junior and says, Hey, I was talking to your mom. We think that show you were watching is too scary, and we mm-hmm. think we're, we're not going to let you watch it anymore, you know. And Junior explains, yeah, but no, because now I understand that, uh, A, that's just an actor, and B, even if he wasn't, God could kick his ass, so it's fine. Yeah. And uh, his dad's like, well, yes, you're right, God could kick his ass. <laughs> his, no, the dad's exact line, which made me just want to slam my computer in disgust, was, you're right. We don't have to worry about things because God's there for us. Yes, that was. I was like, oh man, that's not. That's not what it is. What the fuck are you talking about, asparagus man? <laughs> Mr. Asparagus, I think your views on. Just the idea. Oh no, no, we don't need to like take any responsibility or agency in our lives. Like, yeah, no, God will figure it out. Don't worry about it. And like, there are people like that. There are, yes, 100%. There are people who oppose doing, like, action about climate change because, oh, listen, people can't mess with the Earth. God God does that, and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, God will save us. Or or this is the end times, in which case, you know, I know where I'm going. (sighs) I don't, listen, I'm pretty sure VeggieTales doesn't have an episode on the rapture. (laughs) <laughs> We're gonna have to get into that one of these days when there's a shorter one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's that is uh, too big a box to open up on this one that's already running pretty long, but, like, we had a lot of establishing stuff on this episode, too. Yes. Uh, but yeah, the dad just says, like, yeah, hey, you are right, God could kick Frankenstein's ass, but... Yeah. You know, even so... Just fucking tombstone that dude. But even despite that, I do think we need to think a little bit harder about what we watch on TV and, like, maybe make decisions about, you know, limit our viewing of of things. Which, sure. Like, like we were saying the same thing a minute ago. Yeah. I I don't really have much of a point against that part of his speech. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Other than, I guess, like, well, why? Because if I've really taken this lesson to heart, I can go just watch The Fly and I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, that that was it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's the end of that short. That is the uh, end of that short. But now it's time for uh, Silly Songs with Larry. Yeah, so this is kind of a, a very famous, like, beloved part of this show. Yes. I think these episodes are generally broken up into two shorts. And Usually imp- one, like, story that is in whatever weird universe the, this is. This, yeah, and then baffling VeggieTales universe. Yeah, and then one that is a Bible story with VeggieTales characters. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's one longer short that's just broken up uh, in the middle. Yes. Um, but here we've got, uh, yeah, it, you, they do uh, a 
fun, very short little bit where Larry sings a silly song. Mm-hmm. And this time it is a song that I remember very fondly from my childhood. Yes. Which is, it's, yeah. Out, out of all of the things uh, that people remember of this, like, Silly Songs Larry uh, is, like, kind of remembered by almost everyone. I think so, yeah, because I think even if the religious stuff didn't connect with you, uh, you remember the funny cucumber doing funny things. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and Larry comes out against a like a western backdrop with like a too big cowboy hat on over his eyes, and yeah, he sings "Everybody's Got a Water Buffalo." He is on the kitchen t- counter, right? This is back in the kitchen world. Okay, wait a second. No, this is another <laughs> because now we have a situation we posited before. Is it the case that either the kitchen counter or Junior's house is a television set? But here, with Silly Songs with Larry, he's got this fake backdrop. We see the quality of sets these vegetables are capable of making. I I was wondering if the set was part of, like, kind of the joke of this. So you're saying it is a deliberately sloppy set to to add to the layer of irony to the joke? To the silliness of the silly song. So you're saying this is... Possibly a set on a set. Yes. It's... I can't say that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it is just clear. If the kitchen countertop is a set, it is such an immaculate set, is the thing. Like, they really... That's, it looks like a giant kitchen counter. There's no, like, signs yeah. of artificiality to it. There is at one point in this song where a... Something comes down from the rafters, which is fucking... <laughs> God, wait, is there? Yeah, the door goes down when he talks about how its head got stuck. Oh, wait, shit. Okay, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, so... Right, okay. That's just <laughs> part of the, the set of the Water Buffalo song, though. It's not like... It's not like, in, like the end of Big O, where like a stage light just falls out of the sky, apropos of nothing, and it raises a lot of questions. Or, like, with the beginning of the Truman Show. Yeah. Oh, right, that is the tr- No, right, in Big O, they fly up and crash into a stage light that's, like, giant. I remember now. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, I read a review. I think it's Roger Ebert's review of, like, the Truman Show. Uh-huh. And he was like, I'm so mad that all the trailers are spoiling, like, this movie. Because, like, the twist in it is really fun. Yeah. And I'm like, dog, the movie opened with interviews with the actors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not, like, hidden. Yeah. Like, it'd be interesting, like, as, like, a experiment to, like, make a version of that movie where it's Truman, you're not sure if Truman is in a, like, set or not. Yeah, just, like, do some cuts and, like, maybe cut out a lot of the, uh, like, shots of the director and stuff. Yeah, and, like, not realize until he hits the edge. Yeah, yeah. That would be interesting. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. It's that's a like good one movie. My, that's one of my favorite movies. I, it's not there for me, but I do like it. Yeah, yeah I just... I, it's one of the movies I get, like, the most nerdy about. Yeah, for sure. Because, like, shot composition and shit. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, how almost every shot in that movie is from one of the fictional cameras. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just like it a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, but... So is the Veggie Tales the Truman Show? 
Okay, yes. <laughs> is Junior Truman. All right. Um, but who, who? I forgot who this fucking dude is. Oh, he's, he's kind like of, Archibald he's, Asparagus or something? Yeah, he's the stick in the mud. Right, yeah. He's like the even straighter man than Bob. Yes. Because he runs in and stops the silly song. Because the, the lyrics of the song are that everybody's got a water buffalo. Yours is, you Your, know, fat but yours is slow big. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And he comes in yelling that they can't sing this song because children won't understand that it's nonsense and they will get angry calls from people demanding to know where their water buffalo is. You're just this... The fucking millennial generation. <laughs> it, this is, I think, the part that feels the most... Like, this joke seems extremely Newgroundsy to me. Yes. The idea of, like, a producer of this cartoon coming in and yelling that they're going to get sued, even though, like, no, you're not, it's VeggieTales, no one gives enough of a shit. Yeah. That it's a, like, I'm not even knocking the joke, it just felt very, like, I've seen versions of this joke so many times in, like, bad Flash cartoons. Yes. Also, I, uh, I have an important question to ask, Ashley. Yeah. How the fuck do they know what water buffaloes are? That's a good fucking question. <laughs> what? How? I need to Look, know. <laughs> do you really want me to fucking destroy you? Go for it, yeah. At one point, he talks about spilling his lima beans on the floor. Whoa. <laughs> oh, no. What? Okay, wait. Okay, so, all right. <laughs> That seems to lend credence to your theory that the kitchen counter is the the fictional world. Because then is the idea fuck is the idea that <laughs> Yeah, I took my buffalo to the store, got his head stuck in the door, spilled some lima beans on the floor. Okay, oh wait a second. Now that is an ambiguous line. And we're about to get into the Bible story part of this. Interpreting some ambiguous stuff is going to be an important part of what we do on this show. Because there's two ways to read that. One, he had some lima beans like you'd think about having lima beans and spilled them. The other is that misadventure caused several lima bean people to be knocked to the floor. Hmm. And he's speaking poetically. On Genius, it uh, says that this is a reference to the theme song where Junior sings lima beans. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, genius. <laughs> Why, would you... get... <laughs> Why would you take the time to write that down? What? Surely you have something better to do with your life, says the man who's an hour and 40 minutes into talking about Veggie Tales. All right, and then the other one of the other notes on this is uh, on the. Archibald talking about, like, where's my buffalo? You know, think. Yeah. Archibald's pair gets fear regarding the nasty letters he believes he will see is canonically the first of many indications of his deep seated insecurities. <laughs> uh, and then the response to this is from the user Archibald Asparagus, who just simply says, nope. Uh, and and then also, the membrane between our dimensions too roughly. Uh, the line. Who uh, kins oh, Archibald Asparagus? 
<laughs> the line, oh, where do we get them? I don't know. Uh, mm. From the same person. The admission from Mr. The Cucumber All right. <laughs> implies that the water buffalo in the song title may be of supernatural, even divine origin. <laughs> I mean, I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> Just that <laughs> that horrible Vil comic, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, oh, okay, we need to get back to this lima bean question. This is important. <laughs> <laughs> because, okay, so, possibility one, the cleaner, easier one, is he's speaking poetically, getting his water buffalo stuck in a door, uh, led to an event where a bunch of lima bean people got knocked over. And he's saying, oh, yes. it spilled some lima beans on the floor. The other possibility is that the the VeggieTales people, the vegetable people, are, like, the the dominant species of their Earth, mm-hmm. and they are human-sized, yes. but they evolved from vegetables, and there are still unevolved vegetables around that they eat. Yes. In which case, then... In the way that some people might eat of, like, a primate... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, or, or just in general, we eat animals. You know. Yeah. Um, so, in which case, the veg, the VeggieTale set of the giant kitchen counter is like a playful, like, oh, look at us, we're like vegetables, but it's being directed not at us, no. but to the viewers of VeggieTales, the TV show in the world of VeggieTales, such as the kid. <laughs> Such as the kid, which causes him to have uh, a... After he is uh, traumatized by a scary movie, he disassociates for a few minutes and imagines that he... That an episode of VeggieTales is playing out before his eyes. Or it's just they, like... In the fictional world of VeggieTales, they just put that poster there in that set because we couldn't get the rights to anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true, because, no, you're right, because the TV show VeggieTales is showing that short, so it is a production by Vegetable Tales. Yes. Okay. By Big Idea Productions, like it says at the beginning of the Bible thing, which is also canonically a VeggieTales production. Wait, so you're saying that Big Idea Productions exists in-universe as Big Idea Productions? It, before the Bible story, it says Big Idea Production presents... Fuck. <laughs> Daniel and the Lions did, starring Archibald Asparagus as King Darius and Larry the Cucumbers, Daniel. So are Bob and Larry just Phil Vischer and Mike Norwalki in this parallel universe? Yes. Is this entire thing, are they just, they're clearly not it furries, is. are they just veggies and this is just their RP? Yes. Fuck. This is their RP, but it's like if you downloaded, like, oh, this looks like a like a fun, you know, like game that these people made, and then it's like, oh, wait, shit, it's like super religiously, <laughs> super religious, and also this forum thread is like eight hundred pages long, and it's just these two dudes. <laughs> wait, no, there's someone else doing this account, but I think it's just this other guy in another account. Yeah, wait, no, okay, this account looks different, but the, it's like, oh no, he's got like an. An OOP post here thanking that person for coming in to RP the character they didn't want to do. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. I think we might have once again solved the side of the Phil Vischer Rubik's Cube. All right. That he's a veggie. He's a veggie. Which is to say, a furry, but for vegetables. Uh, All right.
Ashley? Yes. <laughs> he wrote an autobiography called Me, Myself, and Bob. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to read that at one point. We're absolutely going... Oh, <laughs> I just looked up the, the cover art of Me, Myself, and Bob. All right, let me look up the Me, Myself, and Bob. <laughs> I've got it for you. One sec, here you go. Have this. It's just... Oh, yes! It's him and Bob the Tomato sitting on a bench in what looks like a subway, (laughs) avoiding eye contact with one another. It looks like the subway from the Matrix Revolutions. It does. He's trapped in Mobile Avenue. He's gonna have to meet a little girl created for no purpose. So she has to learn how to make rainbows. So Daniel in the lion's den. (laughs) So, we get intro narration. It sounds like Bob is narrating. Yes. Although it's hard to say because Phil Vischer voices basically every character on this show. Yeah. Um, But he's, he's setting up uh, this story, and he's explaining, you know, the, the backstory of Daniel, who uh, was taken from his home and uh, taken to Babylon, where he was raised in the king's palace and educated there. Um, mm. So I will say, I was curious. I felt like to do our due diligence here, I needed to go and actually read the book of Daniel. Probably actually didn't need to, but thank you. <laughs> I just wanted to, you know... Obviously, they're going to take artistic license here, and they're going to simplify things for kids. And I feel like, honestly, not so much this time, but there might be instances where the artistic license they take creates differences in the meaning of the story, or or, or some meanings of the story that feel like worth examining. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I will say, in this instance, they didn't change much. I also read a lot about the history of the Book of Daniel, which is interesting. Uh, so, I I guess <laughs> part of me is like, don't get into this. We're almost two hours in, but I read all yeah. this shit, damn it. I want to use it. No, it's fair. Go ahead. All right. <clears throat> we knew what we were doing. <laughs> so, I'm probably going to get years wrong because there's a lot of them, and I'm bad at remembering them. <laughs> uh, the Book of Daniel is kind of an interesting book in the Bible. It is written in two languages. Um, I believe it is uh, Hebrew and Aramaic. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is kind of split up into two halves. The first half is a bunch of stories about Daniel, like this one. Uh, And the second half is an elongated apocalyptic prophecy by Daniel. Um, The... uh, Exactly what the book means, especially in the prophecy part, is kind of a point of debate, as is, like, the historical context of it. Obviously, if you're a very hardline, like, biblical inerrancy person, you know, you believe that every word of the Bible is exactly true, exactly as it's written, <laughs> you take this as it's given. And th- that second half is written in the first person as Daniel, so you say, okay, this was written by a guy named Daniel. Who Mm -hmm. literally had, like, prophetic visions. Um, From what I understand, and I will say, 
because this is part of the Old Testament and, uh, you know, it, it is not exclusively a Christian text, which absolutely means I might be getting details wrong about how this work is used in other religions, particularly Judaism. So I apologize for that and feel free to let us know, uh, get in touch with us. We'll put contact info at the end. Uh, I would definitely love to hear that. Anyway, um, yeah, same. My understanding is that basically, uh, at one point, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, uh, conquered the kingdom of Judah and exiled the Jewish people who lived there. And, um, Daniel is ostensibly somebody from this era who was taken in by Nebuchadnezzar and raised to be an advisor, basically. Um, but a lot of, like, scholars tend to think that the book of Daniel was written in two separate eras. Um, the first half, that's all, like, the stories about Daniel uh, dealing with the king and stuff, uh, they think are kind of folk tales that were passed down across a couple centuries. Um, they're in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Notably, the second half of Daniel isn't in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, at least I don't... I believe that's right. Again, correct me if that's incorrect. Um, a few hundred years later, uh, the Jewish people were under the rule of the... I believe it's the Seleucid Empire, which was, I think, a Greek empire, and... Um, there was kind of a lot of political upheaval. That empire was at war with, uh, I think, the Persians. Um, there was a lot of, like, corruption in sort of the local Jewish government. There were um, things happening in the Jewish temple that were sacrilegious. And it was all kind of leading to a lot of a, a very uh, volatile political climate. And... My understanding is basically that the book of Daniel kind of collected all of those old uh, folk tales about Daniel, wrote them down, organized them, and it's all basically sort of a not uh, sort of an indirect way of talking about the current era of like foreign rule that the Jewish people were under hmm. by talking about a historical period of foreign rule. Yeah. Um, and then the apocalypse narrative that takes up the second half is written directly to talk about like the apocalypse in question is the end of the empire that they're currently under. Um, now a lot of, uh, I said, we're not going to get into the rapture today cause we don't have time, but, but, but uh, the sort of biblical literalist, uh, hardline Christian view of the book of Daniel is that, well, the world can only end once. So obviously this apocalypse in Daniel is sort of in dialogue with the apocalypse in Revelation. And really to understand either one, you need both of them and you have to kind of cross reference them a bunch. Um, for people that say they take the Bible literally, they really do a lot of weird loopholes to put together a lot of that stuff. Um, but basically that, you know, this wasn't a metaphorical end of the world. It's about the literal end of the world, which is elaborated on further in Revelation. Um, this story with Daniel in the lion's den is at right at the turning point 
of like the it's the halfway point of the story. Um and uh the book of Daniel is written up in something called chiasms, or it's got a chiasmic structure. And basically what that means is that instead of having like you think of like a the like rises and falls of a story where it's like, oh, you have the beginning and it rises up and like you you've seen that diagram where like it's a slope up to a climax and then it drops off yeah. for the resolution. Mm-hmm. So a chiasmatic story or chiasmic a story is um more symmetrical where it's like you introduce one concept and then you introduce the second and the third and so on until you hit like the big moment right in the middle and then you resolve everything that you established uh in reverse order um if you want an example that's not like ancient religious texts the movie robocop has a chiasmic structure Mm -hmm. uh where like it's every conflict get like the conflict at the very beginning of the movie gets resolved at the very end, and, like, it all kind of works down towards the middle. Um, there's a, If you search, like, Chiasm Robocop, you can find a fun article explaining it better than I just did, probably. Um, but the thing with the Book of Daniel is that, like, it's recursive with that, so each one of these stories fits into that, and then, on the whole, like, the structure of the stories all sort of line up that way also. We're like the first story in the book of Daniel is about him uh, being religiously uh, persecuted and interpreting a dream. And then that's how it ends also with him interpreting a dream that he has about the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the other. So we're going to cover one of the other stories in the book of Daniel very soon because it's the fiery furnace story. Yes. Uh, that's why Mr. Nezer's in it. Um, some of the other ones which are either less kid friendly or just way too complicated to turn into a digestible kid's story. Like, the first one is, like, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and he wants his advisors to explain the dream to him, which they kind of adapt here with King Darius, which I get why you'd condense it like that, but it's it's not how the Bible story goes. Yeah. Um, I do like with uh, the version in the Bible, it's King Nebuchadnezzar goes to his advisors and says, like, all right, I had a crazy dream. You need to explain it to me. And they're like, okay, yeah, sure, tell us the dream. We'll tell you what it's about. And his response is, well, no, fuck you. If you knew what you were talking about, you'd already know the dream I had. Go away. I'm (laughs) going to execute all of you. You suck. Uh, And then Daniel, because he has divine revelation from God, does know the dream he had already and can explain it to him. And it's this very complicated metaphorical dream about, like, a statue where the head is made out of gold and the torso is made out of silver and, like, so on until the feet are made out of clay. And it's like each phase of the statue is like another era of empire. Um, it's also where the saying feet of clay comes from. A lot of idioms yeah. are from the Bible. You'll find yes. out. Um, then you have like the fiery furnace story. You have a whole story where Nebuchadnezzar uh, loses his mind and becomes an animal man. And yeah, uh, okay. just lives out in the wilderness for a few months. Uh, because we've all been there. Because even though he keeps... The, the structure of Daniel is almost funny because it's always Nebuchadnezzar believes in Babylonian gods or, or in his own power as a king. That gets him nowhere. Uh, Daniel proves empirically to him that his god is real and all-powerful. Nebuchadnezzar's like, damn, that rules. I'm going to go like execute 50 people and also <laughs> not learn the lesson you just taught me. And then so finally he gets turned into an animal, man. He's like... 
finally sees the light and comes to uh, worship Daniel's god. And then he's succeeded by his son, who's just as much of a shit as he used to be. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think Belshazzar is his name, where you have Belshazzar's Feast, uh, which is another pretty famous story where, like, they're just having this huge uh, wedding party. They don't have enough cups, so they use a bunch of cups they raided from a Jewish temple, which mm-hmm. God doesn't Bad. appreciate. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, a ghost hand appears and writes uh, some words on the wall that no one can understand. Uh, but everyone's pretty spooked about it. And Daniel comes in and reads it, and he can read it. It's like it's actually like a complicated wordplay thing that if you don't know ancient Hebrew, you can't. You kind of miss out on. Um, but basically. It's, it's like when they have this pun in, in like Japanese in a manga. And kinda, it's like, yeah, you have to yeah. Read the thing on the side and like, oh, I get why that's funny, but like having to have it like explained all of the words. Exactly. Using yeah, yeah. It's basically the, the it. word is like missing vowels, and when you fill them in in certain ways, it says some things, and you fill them in different ways, it says other things. I'm probably getting that a little bit wrong. Um, but basically, God's letting Belshazzar know that he done fucked up, and yeah. uh, he can get fucked. And, like, immediately after that, uh, King Darius comes and kills him and takes over Babylon. Mm. And that takes us up to the story of Daniel in the Lion's Den, where VeggieTales cuts in. <laughs> and so kind of, all of that has happened before this. <laughs> yes and no, it kind of condenses all of that into, instead of Daniel interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's dream, he interprets Darius's dream, just to kind of set the, the stage. Because yeah. in the, the actual, like, story in the Bible, it's just... Daniel is a really good and smart advisor, so Darius just keeps promoting him, and everyone else hates him because of it. Yeah. But that gets us to VeggieTales. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we get a whole song. It's, uh, it's some opera song that they're, like, changing the words to that I can't place. Yeah, I, it's something I'm not really sure about. Yeah, it's it's the dream story, though, where, yeah, Darius wants to have his dream interpreted, and he's got three shallots that are his wise men, and they can't help him. There's two women just kind of hanging out on the side. Yeah, they're just like, hey, what up? What are, like, the weird squares the women vegetables have I on their I think they're tubbies? supposed to be, like, apron. I guess, yeah, all right. Uh, but yeah, the, the shallots basically sing that they can't explain his dream. They don't know what's going on. And, uh, but they tell him, hey, there's this guy, Daniel, who's super smart. Maybe he can do it. And Larry the Cucumber comes in and he's Daniel. And, and he's like, hey, yo, I, I can tell you all about your dream. Right. He does and make a point like, of saying like, I'm not smart. God's smart. And God tells me what it means. Mm-hmm. I feel like they basically like... He just whispers in his ear pretty much what the dream means because they don't want to explain a complicated statue metaphor to children. Yeah. Children have no patience for statue metaphors. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Darius is thrilled that Larry can understand it, that David can understand it, excuse me, that Daniel can understand it. David's a completely different person. <laughs> we'll get to him. I've been talking a lot. <laughs> you have. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I do find it very interesting. I'm not sure if this is what everyone expected this podcast to be, but I want to like like we said, I don't I want to be sure that we are being fair and that we're not like just shitting on religious beliefs. 
Yes. So I feel like being well-researched in that regard is an important part of this. Uh, we'll see if I can keep it up or not, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I should write down notes for next time. That lesson I've learned. <laughs> They're trying to do all this off the top of my head. Uh... But yeah, and... But yeah, Daniel explains uh, so, the dream, so and King like, like, damn, Daniel. God fucking all. Damn it. <laughs> Listen, I, I just talked about serious religious <laughs> stuff for like a half hour. I needed to slip that in. Yeah, no, that's fair. And then, like, all the wise men are like, fuck. That sucks. Right. He gets put we need to, like, kill yeah. this dude. Uh, the, the wise men, who suggested he talk to Daniel about it? Yeah, they're like, ah, oh, this really backfires. Right, he put the he promotes him to second in command over the whole kingdom, and then as soon as everyone else leaves, the shallots get their song. And let me tell you, this is a good fucking song. It's a pretty good song. I want to go play a Donkey Kong Country level with this song. Yeah, it's like they're just kind of like walking in circles, coming up with all the awful stuff they could do to him. Yeah, all the different ways they should murder Daniel. Yeah, and then they're like, Wait a minute, I have an idea. Whisper, whisper, whisper. Yeah. Uh, I do like, like, oh, the, shit. Yeah, so they get the real idea, but I do like the bit where they sing, uh, what is it? <laughs> we could use him as a footstool or a table to play Scrabble on, then tie him up and yes. beat him up and throw him out of Babylon. Yes. Which that's, is, that's a g- that is a line so good that I remembered it <laughs> from when I was a kid. <laughs> yes. I mean, just it's rhyming Babylon and scra- and yeah, Scrabble, uh, Scrabble on, on yeah. is blah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's also so funny because I like I think because this is a really good song, I remember this scene, but in my head it looks so much better. Oh yeah, this show does not look great. It looks like early '90s CGI. Yes, made by people who weren't professional animators. Yes. Like, given all of that, I think it actually looks pretty damn good. I couldn't, oh, yeah. do th- I couldn't make no. something this good. No. Um, but, but it is what it is. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so they decide that they are going to make it so that they are going to have uh, the king sign a new law that people will only pray to him. Yeah. And the king's like, yeah, that sounds dope. Yeah, which they cut this out from this version. I do like in the Bible story, there's a whole bit of like rigmarole uh, about how that while they're talking to the king, they're like, hey, you know, what's so cool about you being king is that when you pass a law, it's impossible to revoke it. Even you can't because you can't go against your own authority. Anyway, you should make it so you can only pray to you and not other gods. And he agrees, and then Daniel gets arrested. He's like, wait, should I like Daniel, though? And they're like, yeah, but you can't revoke a law, because that's how laws work. He's like, ah, shit, you're right. We gotta kill him. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Uh, yeah, so yeah, they convince him to pass this law, and uh, (laughs) then they go and round up Daniel, who completely ignores the law, and prays, and, you know, thanks God for having the bravery to violate the law. Yeah, and to, to, to do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, and so they are taking him uh, to a hole in the ground. Yes. Uh, there, there is a very good line where uh, Daniel is like, "So you got you guys are wise men, huh? Uh, you've already been wise men. You go to school for that, or <laughs> yeah, yeah." 
There's also a bit they throw him down the pit, and then one of yes. them is like, uh, you, you'll be lying down there until you die no. or whatever. What's it? He's like, you're going to have a great time down there. Where oh, yeah. lion. Right. And, and then, then the other one tries to do another lion pun. But, like, tries to, like, cram in five of them in one. Right. And then just kind of trails off, and it's just like, it goes on. It, it starts off a little corny, but then it just keeps going, and I started to really laugh at it because it's just the yeah. workshopping lion jokes. It's like he's like, no, like that's that like mine was kind of funny. Yours is just kind of awkward and inaccurate. Right, and just Daniel <laughs> staring up at this hole while you hear them talk about lion <laughs> jokes for like just about twice as long as you think it would be. Yeah. And he's like, no, like, cause like they're not gonna be a lion. They're gonna eat it. And like, well, like one lion may be lying on them. <laughs> he's like, no, like that's not how lions work. <laughs> <laughs> like they just get like really deep in the weeds. It's yeah, really yeah. funny. It's probably the funniest bit of this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they close up the entrance with a rock, and uh, Daniel's left in the dark. And then just a bunch of angry eyes open up like cartoons around him. I, I so wanted to see the lions to see if they would be vegetable lions. Bill Fisher lions. is a fucking coward for not showing me vegetable lions. <laughs> fucking coward. <laughs> he could have... We have so many questions about how this world functions. And that was a crucial piece of information that he just did not give us. He denied us. There has to be animals later on. Like, because there's the water buffalo. Ooh. What? I'm just, like, saying, like, are the animals also vegetable-like? That's, that's what I want to know. Right. Did they... Yes. If, if we're saying they evolved from vegetables, was there an intermediary stage where they were vegetable-like animals? All right. And, and also, we just... I, we'll talk about it when we get to the Zabu. Okay, I don't remember the Zabu, so yeah. Zabu is one of the silly songs. Okay, okay. We see, we see an animal. Fuck, okay. Yes. This is all... <laughs> I just... You know what? I think this might be a good podcast, because we have yeah. wildly between explaining <laughs> real-world, like, historical, religious, like, things, and then talking about the fictional logic of this vegetable <laughs> world. <laughs> Yes, it's going to be a pretty good podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, and so they come back the next day with the the king, mm-hmm. and they're like, ah, oh, man, sucks that this happened. Let's see how dead this dude is. Right, and he's not dead at all. He's totally fine. And He's, like, crawling out and, like, okay, thanks, guys. Like, like He's just like, like thanks, thanks for the, the pizza. P- yeah, like one of the guys just goes, they had pizza? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, that was the part I really wanted to find some angry religious jackass who was like, they didn't have pizza in Babylon. This is totally teaching kids the wrong things. And I just, I couldn't find it. I know it's out there. I know it's there's at there. least one yeah, person but, who's like that. But it's just very funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's totally fine. And uh, Darius is like, well... Dang, clearly your god's real, because that's the only way you'd survive that, so... Yeah, it's like, well, damn, Daniel. <laughs> Which, and another part where it was just to me like, hmm... Because he goes, you know what, I'm going to replace the law I wrote, so now the law requires everyone to pray to your god. And yeah, like, I was also like, hmm. Hmm. 
Uh, and then they uh, chase the wise men, uh, presuming to throw them in the lion's den. Yeah, like, the, the, the wise men are like, I, oh, like, I hear they need some wise men in, like, Egypt. Jerusalem. Yeah. yeah, in Egypt. Which I wonder if we're going to get, like, I forget, the, is there, like, a Moses story where, like, it's the Pharaoh's wise men and it's, like, suggesting some weird continuity, even though that's not chronologically right? No, I would guess that, one, I don't think they do it because, like, it's a lot of, like, older Bible stories because it's all, they don't have Jesus. Like, Jesus is specifically not in this show. Well, right, yeah, I, I said Moses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah Moses. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I got... No, that's fine, you're good. Got some of my Bible stories fixed up. That is totally fine. Uh, but yes. So, yeah, they're gonna go kill those dudes. Yeah. I'm trying to see... Uh, let's see. I, I'm just looking at the Bible story to see... Alright, the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted out of the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his god. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Which, that's the... To me, that's the funniest thing in uh, Daniel, is that the end of every story is, <laughs> obviously, your god is real. I'm gonna execute, like, 50 people now. Excuse yeah. me. Like, everyone oh. that, like, didn't believe in your god, even though that included me until five minutes ago, they're all dead now. It also, like, five minutes from now. <laughs> right. Uh, then uh, King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language, may you prosper. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom people... Mu- okay, I was trying to double check if they had written in the thing where he changed the law oh, that okay. everyone has to worship yeah. God. But no, that is from the book of Daniel, so like... Okay. Okay, sure. It, it is... Yeah. It's... You know, things work differently in ancient times. Yeah. Uh, there is also a good joke where, like, the wise men are, like, pitching the idea, and they're like, well, what, like, what do they do with the people that, like, don't pray to me? And he's like, oh, we'll throw them in the lion did. And uh, Darius just goes, oh, that do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, at that point, we cut back to the countertop. Uh, Bob congratulates Larry <laughs> on doing a good job as Daniel. Yeah, so it is in canon. Right, so we that know they... for a fact that the Bible stories are productions they're putting on. Yes. They got a big budget for that. Like, yeah. they shot out in the desert. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying, that it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we, they go to the computer, uh, yeah, and you get, like, the end of the TV show song that plays. Yeah. That keeps on interrupting. Yeah. yeah. This is a joke I remember liking a lot as a kid, where, yeah, Bob keeps trying to intro the segment, and the song keeps, like, bursting in and interrupting him. It's a very, like, soft, gentle song, but it just keeps playing over him. Yes. And, like, again, these guys aren't professional animators or anything. They really, early on, master the art of making Bob look exasperated. (laughs) Yes. You could get a lot of good reaction images of Bob. And, like, that's, like, there is a very popular one where it's just him, like, thinking, like, looking down and, like, thinking about something. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Yeah, like, for, like, yeah, all, like we saying that it looks very amateurish, which it is, like, some of their facial animation is just real good. I, I would say it's it's almost, like, charmingly amateurish. Yes. It, it's there amateurish a- in the way that, like, a local, low-budget stage production is amateurish. Yes. Like, you can tell that there was a lot of, like, attention and love put, put into it, even if they don't have, like, the budget or even necessarily the talent. Yeah. 
Uh, so they are like, hey, can we get a, a Bible verse that refers to this, the lesson we learned today? Yeah, and they get Which, Isaiah 41.10, so do no. not fear. What's that? Oh, they yes. excuse Go ahead. They get a recipe for yummy meatloaf. Yes. One pound ground beef, three slices bread, one half onion. Which means they have bread and ground beef. Yes. All right, we're, we're slowly, just write that down, shot that down. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, but yes, they get Isaiah 41.10. They get Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear, for I am with you. I contemplated also reading the book of Isaiah. You did. You sent me that as a message. Here's the thing, though. Daniel, 13 <laughs> chapters. Uh-huh. Isaiah, over 60. Loves to write. <laughs> I will say, I, so I did not read the whole thing. I read the first two chapters and ran out of time. Uh-huh. Because it's very long and also has sort of a complicated history where it's like, well, it's not totally clear which parts were authored by whom. At least some of it was definitely actually authored by Isaiah, but, you know, it, it's not clear and just like, blah, don't have time to get into this. I've already gone on a Daniel diatribe. But I will say the opening of, Dan- of Isaiah has a piece of the Bible that I like a lot more than the verse they picked um, that I'd like to read if that's okay with you. That's okay. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Let me find it real quick. Here we go. So this is, so basically, to just set the stage a little bit, Isaiah is not happy with uh, the people he's talking to. He thinks they've become corrupt and sinful, and God mm-hmm. is real sick of their shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here we go. Uh, this is not super long, but it's longer than one sentence. Uh, let's see. Let me make sure I've got a good, yeah. What are your multiplied sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I've had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle, and I take no pleasure in the blood of bulls, lambs, or goats. When you appear before me, who requires of you this trampling of my courts? Bring your worthless offerings no longer. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath, the calling of assemblies, I cannot endure iniquity and the solemn assembly. I hate your new moon festivals and your appointed feasts. They become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes on you. Hide my eyes from you. (laughs) Yes, even though you multiply prayers, I will not listen because your hands are covered with blood. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from my sight, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, reprove the ruthless, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Which is just a segment I like to think of a lot of times anytime the whole thoughts and prayers things happens after a mass shooting and no one actually does anything. Mm-hmm. Just, no. Stop fucking praying and do something about it. Which seems to kind of repudiate the whole, you know, oh, we don't need to worry about things because God's got us. Yeah. I don't know. I like that part. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I think- we have a lot of questions. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, we have questions. Yeah, which we should get to. We should. Let's do it. So, yeah, I, I talked about the how we're doing the first episode. People were right. very excited. There's a lot of just, like, why, which we're just going to answer with a larger why not. Okay. It, we thought it'd be fun. Yeah, and I think it has been so far. It has been so far. I'm worried that, like, by episode, like, 23, we're going to be like, God, why did we do this to ourselves? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, from at Sewer Peak, I feel like this is one that I knew was going to come up. Uh, I watched a ton of the show as a kid, but have yet to make a veggie sona. What is your veggie sona? Oh, okay. Hmm. Do you have a good answer for this? I. The problem is mine is more of a fruit sona. 
I, I mean, there's that pear lady in this episode. They're already breaking that rule. Yeah. Uh, it'd be, I'd be an apple. Okay. Well, no, why do you feel like you're an apple? I like apples. You know what? Fair enough. <laughs> hey, like, I like hyenas. That's how I got my fursona. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You give me an apple. I think, uh, hmm. I do like cucumbers a lot is the thing. And that feels like a cop out because there's already a cucumber guy. But like. Oh, I think that's fair. I'm a cucumber fan. Yeah. You love that cuke. I love a good cuke. I ate a cuke while we recorded this. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm a cucumber. I'm, I'm happy for you, Luke. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what else we got? From at Tabletop Camera, what's your go-to method for dealing with being s- s- scared? Um, just having like a little mini panic attack, mostly. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Just disassociating just, and, ugh. like, staring into the middle distance. Uh, I also like to do avoiding things. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more interestingly, give me your best pitches for a vegetable movie monster. Okay, okay. So I saw this one earlier. I think I've got a good one. All right, give me. So it would be, like, a giant onion, and it would just be constantly, like, peeling with layers, and it would be, like... It wouldn't look gross to us because we're not vegetables, but it would be the equivalent of just like a giant mass of like, uh, you know, skinned flesh. Yeah, and it would just Ooh, be releasing, uh, you know, a scent that just forces it. Like as you stare into it and you smell it, you just see the things that like make you feel utter despair and start just sobbing uncontrollably. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mom, you tweeted seven minutes ago. They're still fucking going. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot to cover on this first one. And then uh, replaced with why. It said, I don't know if you've seen the Bible, but it's long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Matt Chum Percival, uh, admittedly, this is with like 14, 15 years of separation from the first, but I remember this, the more second elements of Vegetal be, uh, being pretty dang entertaining. How do you think the show would hold up if it's just a weird theater cartoon about anthropomorphic vegetables? I think it might be okay. It might be okay. I don't feel like they like they'd obviously have to change so much about it. They have to change a lot, but like, like I don't the know, writing's like, there. The writing's there. Like it's it's better than you'd think it would be. Yes, for sure. From at Scarchomp, best and worst early all CGI cartoons you've watched. Huh. I'm trying to think of other ones besides this reboot. Yeah, I would probably give my best to Reboot. Reboot's pretty fucking good. And my worst to the Donkey Kong show. Oh my god, that Donkey Kong show. (laughs) What a nightmare. (laughs) Here's the thing. We have said repeatedly this is a little bit amateurish. It's not like the most, you know, professional production. It is miles ahead of the Donkey Kong show, which presumably had, like, a budget. A crew, Yeah. (laughs) God, that show's awful. Just look up any song from the Donkey Kong show and immediately... Yeah. See horror. (laughs) Yeah. I had the movie of that. Why? I don't fucking know. It's like the Crystal Coconuts were what the fuck ever. Yeah. Uh, From Atwisawaru, will you... Will the show cover... Will your show cover the Bible story where the dude fed a dragon so many pies exploded? I'm gonna need to. I don't know that one. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard like that's like one of those things where it's like, did he know that this was in the Bible? Huh. 
Uh, and also for what to our, is it vegan to eat the body of a veggie Jesus? I, hmm. The, no, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> That's, I mean, I feel like, like maybe. A, a, I feel like whether or not it's vegan is like a low priority issue. <laughs> maybe it's like being vegan is like their version of being a cannibal. Right, that's the thing. Unless they have real, like, those lima beans were vegetables for them. Yeah. I don't, you really can't be vegan in VeggieTales world. No. Because everything, hmm, I don't, uh, what do they eat? I need to see them eat. (laughs) (sighs) Well, they eat those chocolate bunnies. Yeah. Which are made from, like, milk and cocoa beans. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm so... We're, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's okay, Luke. It's okay. Any, anyway, I don't know. If you're taking VeggieTales communion, like, that's... Yeah, that's vegan. Well, it, so we, we have seen uh, in one of the toys, Jesus is portrayed as a carrot. Yes. So it's just like those carrot chips. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess that would be what you'd have for communion. But, like, no, because... (laughs) Hold on a second. It's not like when you take communion in church, it's, like, slices of prosciutto. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, It's, like, imitation carrot. (laughs) Is bread imitation meat? (laughs) Yeah. I think it might just be bread. Yeah. They probably just do that eat bread. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from at TR6 Queenly. How much of the cast would you eat? Well, we've established I love a cuke. Yeah. I like asparagus. Uh, yeah. Asparagus is okay. I like tomatoes in, like, some instances. I like a tomato in a sandwich. But that's about it. Yeah. Uh, um, trying to I, think. Are you good? I was going to give another question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to dig deeper into this one? No, not really. That's uh, fair. <laughs> From Ad Definitely Exists, cucumbers are nature's corn dogs, as we all know. Yes. What's junk food of tomatoes the equivalent of? One of those, like, popcorn balls. You nailed it in one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from At uh, Arcane Crystal, what if Bob tied up Larry and, slowed him and slowly lowered him into a vat of vinegar as Larry screams, No, I don't want to be a pickle. And after drowning in the vinegar, Larry is raised back up to reveal a pickle Rick face. Crystal, please don't send us your erotic VeggieTales fanfiction anymore. From And then replace with why, we respond with, that would be funny. <laughs> uh, from at BookcaseQueen96, what would be worse, having to watch all of VeggieTales or that one drawn together episode parodying VeggieTales? I've never seen it, but... Uh, I, I, would suge- I would guess that is worse. I'm going to guess that's worse. Yeah. Uh... And then also, what would you do with water buffalo? Man, that seemed like they'd be kind of a high-maintenance pet. Yeah, probably take it to the store, get his head stuck, spill lime and beans on the floor. There you go. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Like, just even brushing it out seems like it'd be a real big production. Yes. Uh, They're from uh, Dungeon Envy. What's the worst salad ingredient? Veggies only. So I just said, like, I'll, I'll eat a tomato in a sandwich, not much else. I kind of hate when there's cherry tomatoes in a salad. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that one. It's just they're too overpowering. Yeah, it, it's like, oh, okay, this is... Like, I, there's just fucking tomatoes, I guess. Yeah, I'm just going to take a break from eating my salad to eat a tomato. 
Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> and then finally, uh, from at Pidmon, what would you what was your favorite? What were your favorite Halloween costumes as a kid and now? Uh, is the state as obsessed with the holiday as media makes it out to be? I, I mean, especially when you're a kid, it's very like important. Like as you yeah. grow up, it becomes less and less important unless you're going to like parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For it, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite one as like a kid, I guess. I had a pretty good like Ash Ketchum costume at one point. That had a like plush Pikachu that I had on my shoulder, and so I ha- and I also had like little Pokeballs I ha- I would carry around. Uh huh. So that was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, now I don't know. I don't really do Halloween costumes anymore. I, I don't think I've done a Halloween costume since I oh uh, I was dressed as like Super Mario a few years ago. Yeah, I, I usually like to because I'll usually be working. I just usually wear one of my rose dresses. Uh huh. And that's the only time I'll be in a dress all year. Right. I, I've, I've also threatened to do a Bowsette co- uh, costume. Oh, man. At work. That'd be fun. Yeah. And, like, like just a, like, not a, like, the super, like, dress and all that. Like, the kind of more casual one with a leather right. jacket that people have done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for questions. All right. You know what that means. No. We, we did it. We got through our first okay. episode of this podcast. Yes. I didn't know if you had some other... No, no, no. Although I will say, we did float the idea. I don't think we're doing it this time, because I don't have anything prepared. Yeah. But we talked about a segment where we do Christian memes. Yes. So, here's what I'll say. You know what? I'm already reading the Bible for this and reading about the Bible for this. I'll I'll get the Christian memes. Well, if, if you want to, I was gonna uh, crowdsource and say if you've got a hot Christian meme, uh huh, kick it on over to us. We should set up a Gmail account, shouldn't we? Yeah, probably. Well, uh, I'll, I'll set that up. All right. Should it just be veggie takes at gmail dot com. Yeah. Assuming we'll, that we'll isn't use, taken. We'll use that as the Gmail for not using it as the name. Yeah, yeah, I like that. All right. Yeah. So that probably doesn't exist yet, but well. It will exist by the time you're hearing this. Yes. Uh, anyway, shout out to Ava at Ava Garda for coming up with Veggie Takes. Yeah, and it is good. shout out to Chump Personable for Where's Pod When I'm Scared. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm trying to think. So, yeah. Uh, Ashley, where can people find you online? You can find me at Yuri Librarian with an underscore on Twitter and a dash on Tumblr. You can find my website at hyenacackle.com. And other podcasts I do at AudioEntropy.com. Uh, and my Patreon Patreon.com slash Ashley Lee Minor. Alright, yeah. Kick Ashley a couple bucks. You can get episodes a little early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and where can people find you, Luke? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. You can find other podcasts I do on Audio Entropy, such as Let's Place, where we rank every video game ever made. Uh, I do Totally Spies, Totally Reprise with you, where we talk about Totally Spies. That'll be ending soon. Uh, I do Teenagers with Attitude, where we talk Power Rangers. Uh, I think those are kind of the big ones right now. Um, I will say, I feel like, you know, in the past, the Evangelion podcast we did, it was it was just you and me, right? Yes. I feel like because this stuff intersects with, you know, not just intersects, it's about religion. Yeah. And, um... 
I feel like it would be good for the show if we could try to represent <laughs> a larger, you know, range of, like, viewpoints and thoughts about that stuff than just two people can bring to the table. Uh, so I kind of want to try and really get guests for this one. All right. I mean, that sound good to you? Mm-hmm. All right. So I'll say, yeah, if you're interested in guesting on this show, get in contact with me or Ashley, um, particularly if you are of a faith that is not Christian, you know, if you're Jewish or if you're Muslim or if you're Buddhist, you know, um, yeah. especially with a lot of these uh, stories being so based on um, pieces of, you know, scripture that are shared between mm. Judaism and Christianity, I would love to get um, some Jewish folks on to offer their perspective on that stuff, because yeah. I'm a dipshit, and I can I can read a Wikipedia page, but that's not going to necessarily capture everything. Yeah. So, if definitely, um, I, I want to try and, and get that rep, uh, viewpoint represented, but I really just kind of want a lot of different viewpoints on here. Yeah. And we're all just going to get together and make fun of these weird vegetables. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think that's all from me. <laughs> this is such a long first episode. I mean, we knew. We, we knew. knew. Like, the actual, like, time we talked about the show is small, actually. It's not that small. I mean, it's, like, small for us. <laughs> sure. Uh... But, yeah, uh, that's it for the podcast, uh, and and until next time, remember that we love you very much. God, God made you special, and he loves you very much, and so do yes. we. We made you, and we love <laughs> oh, wait, you no. <laughs> <laughs> And we can break you. <laughs> Potatoes up and down the produce aisle.